is all this about? It's about destiny, Picard. It's about a Riemann outcast. You're not Riemann. And I'm not quite human. So what am I? My life is meaningless as long as you're still alive. What am I while you exist? A shadow? An echo? If your issues are with me, then deal with me. This has nothing to do with my ship. Nothing to do with the Federation. Oh, but it does. We will no longer bow before anyone as slaves. Not the Romulans and not your mighty Federation. We are a race bred for war. Expect me to talk? Good evening, and welcome to episode number fifty-four of Do you Expect Us to Talk? Um, I'm Becca, as always, joined by Chris and Dave and Charlie of Films on Wax fame. How are you guys doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Um, I don't know. Kind of got an urge to watch a bit of Battlestar Galactica after that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> might have been the early 2000s CG. No, I'm okay. Or was that just like to wash what, whatever it is you've just seen out of your eyes? Oh, <laughs> we'll Take get, the taste away. We'll get to it. <laughs> I have a terrible cold, which is why this episode is going to be subscription only. <laughs> <laughs> I passed my gems down Skype to Charlie. At, at, least, at least you've got an incredibly uh, bluesy singing voice at the moment. Yeah, let's hope there's uh, no that, Irving Berlin. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a friend's reference for anyone who's listening. But... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <Okay>. people. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> we're keeping it topical. <laughs> yeah. As if we didn't gather by Dave's disappointment. Uh, tonight we are discussing Star Trek Nemesis, starring Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sotis, Gates Wilfred, Lavar Burton, Brent Spiner, Michael Dorn, Will Beaton, Alan Dale, if you can spot him, and Tom Hardy and Ron Perlman. <gasps> was, was Will Wheaton in this? I completely missed it. No. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe for one shot, because his, his scene got deleted. Aww. It did. But did he still get credit for it? So, so, so <laughs> literally, the filmmakers literally said, shut up, Wesley. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah. A lovely score by Jerry Goldsmith. The script by John Logan. And directed by Stuart Baird. What? Surely this means it must have been an amazing film. Well, I, I don't know if it was that Logan. I, I do wonder if Logan just wrote it with his adamantium claws. <laughs> <laughs> just basically clawed some paper and that was it. He scratched marks and paper. Yeah, thought, rah, 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 would it? It's, uh, apparently, yeah. John, John Logan was a massive Star Trek fan and this is what happens when you put fans in charge of the uh, the asylum. Mm. Yeah, there, is is a very, a, there is a cameo from example. another one. Another huge, famous Star Trek fan gets a little tiny cameo in this film. Mm. What? So anyway, what do we rec- reckon to Star Trek <laughs> Nemesis? Dave, you can go first. Uh, yeah, um, I have to admit, and it was one of those things, of, there's been a few of these in my life where I went to see it, came out, thought that was all right. And 
you know, got online or whatever to find that everyone had taken a massive dump on it. And I was a little bit surprised. So I got, I got it on video, well, video or DVD it would have been by then, a few months later, put it in and fucking hated it. And I was looking forward to it when we got to last week because last week bored me. If anything, this bored me even more. I really, really struggled with this film. I struggled with its color palette. I struggled with the most of the acting in it. Most of the stars of it seem to have forgotten how to play their characters. Um, and for some, something written by a huge fan, it feels like a tick, things, tick list of things he wanted to do. And it does seem like, whether it be the director or the writer, the characters don't quite feel right to me. And maybe we'll get into it as we go scene to scene. But whether it's because we're dealing with them week in, week out now, and so we've done the previous films sort of three in a row, I'm heartily sick of the Next Generation films now. And I, I'm glad this was it. It's like the, the um, was it franchise fatigue that Patrick Stewart talked about, you know, when he was promoting this film and saying, trying to have an explain away why it didn't do so well, why it tanked at the box office. But yeah, I think we're feeling franchise fatigue at the moment. They were all baffled. I mean, you can read up on this and, and yeah. you know, they're like, we've got an Oscar winning writer. We've got, you know, one of the best editors in Hollywood not editing. We've got you know, <laughs> yeah. this crew we that know each other so well. We thought we had a great story. And basically, as we go through it, they, they've remade The Wrath of Khan. And they just think, Again. well, we've made The Wrath of Khan. It's got to be good. Um, but it misses all the things that make Wrath of Khan great. Um, that proves it. Yeah, I mean, it's even, apart from the fact Into Darkness literally copies a, a scenes and has a character called Khan, beat for beat, this film's actually a bit closer. Um, yeah, I didn't enjoy this. Can, does anyone want to defend it? Charlie! <laughs> no, it's crap. Um, so to be honest, I, th I think in, in, in terms of why it didn't do well, um, apart from the uh, fact that it's pretty shit um it's also the fact that they released it a week before the lord of the rings the two towers and a week or two after um die another day and the chamber of secrets as well harry potter yeah. so you've got a really ter a pretty terrible film in amongst uh, uh, all of those films which have generally all of them predecessors have made a lot more money than any other Star Trek film and um, yeah a, a script that is by a fan that just wants to make remake Wrath of Khan doesn't really understand what it is about Wrath of Khan um, yeah the, the, the acting is pretty poor apart from Picard and Spiner um, but again it's, it suffers from the same things last week which is um, it's the Picard and Spiner no show, doubt. really. It's Con like contractual with, with Brent Spiner, obviously doing his big heroic sacrifice thing, as well as playing two roles. <laughs> um, and I, I felt quite sorry for Tom Hardy because he kind of came in in a pretty big role for someone who's never never really done much. Yeah, um, and, his career, and his career's tanked since, hasn't it? Bloody yeah, hell. <laughs> yeah. um, and the, the only thing it really has going for it is uh, Joey Goldsmith's score, which was very sadly his penultimate um, ever score. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a lovely score that really kind of 
suffered reputational while because of being attached to this film. But like a lot of got very Jerry Goldsmith scores, um, even though the film is poor, the uh, this this score is really good when you take it away from that. I mean, basically, Jerry Goldsmith was in perfect health before he made this, and Charlie was in perfect health before he watched it. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> this oh. film should come with a health warning. <laughs> warning, do not watch Nemesis. It may be it's actually, I, I ruinous to about, you. I talked about dying the other day. Oh, God. And... Um, <laughs> This is a uh, this uh, nemesis is a uh, is is kind of analogous to that because um, when I was um, buying all the James Bond films, Die Another Day was the only one I refused to buy. All right. And um, even and with Star Trek, even though I have much more of an affinity for uh, um, for Star Trek than Bond, um, it was the same with Nemesis. It 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 wasn't until. Um, Sat there with diamonds off forever on, going dodged a bullet there. Didn't I? <laughs> it's 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 true though. I can find so many more, uh, so many more things to like in any of the other films. Oh, come on, it's not it's not all about plenty of tool, isn't it? Not not. Oh, of course. Uh, Named after your father, perhaps. If Halle yeah. Berry had been like, looked like that, you'd be what a great film. If, if Lionel Wood was in. Stodge at Nemesis, then it'd be uh, infinitely better. <laughs> if Toby um, Stevens dressed up in yeah. drag, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, even even um, even Stodge Kids of Darkness is <gasps> is probably going to get. It's probably um, again. It's it's Stodge Kids of Darkness is a brilliant example of a uh, of a big fan that has uh, come along and just really kind of messed everything up. Um, I, was, I, I will come say more of like during the film, but yeah, it's like I own both Die Another Day um, and Star Trek Nemesis now. Um, yeah. ne- Nemesis from buying the, the, the Blu-ray box set, and I was lucky enough to win the the 007 um, Blu-ray box set signed oh, by nice. Roger Moore, no less. Oh, yeah. Wow, look at you! Um, and uh, and he signed it. Is it time that. for my pill check? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've had my lunch yet. <laughs> no, it, it was it was a bit sad. I could have made a reference to uh, the Honor Blackman joke there, but I won't. <laughs> it, 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 what? Oh, that really It is a bit sad because it is a bit shaky, his signature on it. So that was kind of a bit kind of poignant. Um, oh, no, but uh, yeah, un- un- unfortunately, <laughs> Dying Another Day is, is still in there, but obviously has never ever been taken out and is, is likely never to be. Ever again. Well, I own um, to be fair, but in my defence, I do have a copy of Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I have yet to, I, to improve my collection with that one. There, there's nothing wrong time. with being a completist, though, is there? It's like, it's, it's there just to kind of like, well, it's well, there because... If you try to justify it, you know... A lot of times the box sets are cheaper than buying the films on their own. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, like the Batman box set was like murderously cheap when I bought it. Um, it you get value like for money, cr- don't you? Quid or something like that. So it's like, yeah, okay, for two pound fifty a, a Blu-ray, then uh, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll own Batman and Robin. And I like Batman Forever anyway. So yeah, you can own it for the novelty factor as well. You can go, okay, fine, I'll justify it. You know, it's there's a. I just see you. My kid does like it. <laughs> Join us so. later in 2017 when I ripped both of those and what? <laughs> 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 uh, Stay with us, listeners. It's all to come. 
So um, anyway, yes, such Becca, I just, I'll push yeah. it your way a little bit because you had a better experience than me and Charlie. Yes. <laughs> well, no, just purely, I, I enjoyed, well, I, so I remember seeing this one at the cinema as well and coming away thinking, oh, yeah, it was okay. Um, sad, you know, <laughs> it's the last one. Um, but just because I really didn't like last um, Insurrection, um, there was a TV movie. This one, I mean, the effects are, as you say, like Battlestar Galactica level. Um, but then it was, what, 2002, 2003? It's still better than last week. Well, yeah, a more, more improvement. But when, um, when you when you look at the same, this was the same year that Gollum came out. Yes, I, I, yeah, well, exactly. that's, okay. that's my point. <laughs> it, took, it took a few years. It took Fun a few fact, more years folks. for Gollum to actually come out. But uh, well, yeah, when you, when you see literally these films came out in in days in a week of each other, and you look at you look at the effects in the two towers, and then you look at Nemesis, and it's like what the fuck? It's no, like Button Moon. Exactly, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> streets ahead, streets ahead. But I mean, it is, I mean, actually, it's pretty good. Hey, baby. <laughs> Childhood ruined. Oh my God. Didn't, didn't um, like, talk to who? Uh, Pete Davidson create that one. I'm pretty sure it had something to do with it. Yeah, I think I heard a rumor of that somewhere. Yeah. Um, I actually watched it not too long ago, and it's great because it's it's like, um, you don't ever need to buy drugs. You just watch Button Moon. Yeah, <laughs> it gives you the same, you the same effect as being on acid. Yeah, it is. Most children's TV seems to be created by people high on drugs, like, especially in the seventies and eighties, maybe as well. I, I think, I think even like close to like today, you look, you look, watch Teletubbies, like how how the people came up with this not high. Like, exactly, you know. things like sort of like Mr. Ben and some like brightly coloured like Teletubbies, or like in like garden or something, like, very psychedelic kind of shows. Like what? <laughs> You've got, yeah, you've got to be tripping on something to come up with something so psychedelic and shiny. Or well, the great British hey. Bake Off. <laughs> oh, good old Bake Off. <laughs> so, yeah. oh. Our contestants are halfway through creating Try Toast. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking do. <laughs> Beans on toast. <laughs> with a great pot noodle. So in summary, you liked it better. <laughs> <laughs> Before we started talking about Button Moon and children's television... <laughs> I, can't no, I mean, it's, it's by no means a perfect film, um, and as we'll discuss, it kind of you know, killed the franchise. Um, but um, I, no, I, I enjoyed it kind of mainly due to Tom Hardy and obviously Patrick Stewart putting in an epic action gung ho performance at the end. Um, but no, I just what we enjoyed want it from more. Patrick Stewart, yeah. epic action. That's it. Although he doesn't get guns out much in this one. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's more cinematic in scope. Um, it's very green. I will say there's a big green hue. Um, but I, make, hair and makeup does is immense. Um, Obviously, Ron Perlman disappears under a mound of latex. Yeah. Gotta love Patrick Stewart's hair, it's great. Yeah, I have. But no, just in terms of, like, um, oh god, um, Tom Hardy's makeup as he kind of, as he progresses, um, and sort of, like, little details to his face and to his hands and to his costume and everything, I think. Yeah, because they, they did quite a bit to turn, to make him look a bit more like Patrick Stewart. They did, exactly. I think that's quite interesting. Um, and obviously, because you've, you've got the mirror image of, of Data and B4. Yeah, and then it just looks like Tom Hardy to me. I don't yeah. know Tom exactly. Hardy with a slightly longer but... nose and ears. Um... They were talking about the prosthetic at the top of the nose, and I'm thinking, really? that just looks like Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah. it, it reminded me a bit of um, like Myers' Doctor Evil. <laughs> especially in the third movie <laughs> show as well. The, the Academy photo. It's like, this is yeah. Tom Hardy stuff. We yeah. saw him in the show with hair. What's that about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But in terms, of, a lot of it's done kind of like more in camera this time, um, which I think is really good. And it just it makes it makes the effect a lot more kind of real and a lot more terrifying. Um, 
but mainly for the most part, I had a better experience rather than um, compared to Insurrection. I mean, it's, it's not a perfect movie, and it's not my favourite of the franchise, but I enjoyed it more than last week. And well, yeah, Riker's starting to look a bit like Ronnie Barker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Especially <laughs> in the fight at the end. That fight's ludicrous. <laughs> it's a bit silly. Again, we're I mean, look, off I... doing fucking watercolour paintings or something. <laughs> I, 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 Who can I, we I... have a fist have a fist fight? Yeah, why is there that chasm in the in the middle of the Enterprise? Yeah, that's a bit weird, isn't it? It's like the ship getting trashed. Yeah. I feel sorry for Ike. He's had nothing to do in this entire next gen se- uh, series. I mean, he gets a, a bit to do in the in, the, in uh, generations, but since then, all he gets to do is like stuff <laughs> with a drunk guy in first contact. Then he gets like just gets like sort of like flirt outrageously <laughs> with, with an ex and that, and have a bubble bath in the next film. And then he just like, and then he just gets. Nothing to do, and then like, oh, uh, do you want to fight Walperman in, uh, in in prosthetics? Oh, and, you know, that's all. That's all he has. Why would I wear prosthetics? No, no, Ron will wear them. <laughs> Ron will do it. It's you fine. Forget the ma- you forget the manual steering column. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't get his joystick out. I bet he jerked himself off with incredible precision after days of filming that. <laughs> <laughs> But, um... I had to shave the beard off. <laughs> yeah, the beard's all, back. So... Got it all matted. But mm. um, yeah, I'm similar to Becca with this. Uh, I I I don't think it's terrible, as uh, you guys say. Uh, my words would be shockingly average. Uh, is what I'd say. I say. It's certainly more watchable. It's 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 not got any meat in it whatsoever. Um, it it's achingly trying to be cool. It's like. And I, I, I think I'm trying to think about why it flopped. I think because you you think back to the original films, and there was like some time away from them, so it's like re, almost like revisiting. And then with with Rafa Khan, you, the the characters have aged, so it gave the audience some sort of like some sort of distance. Here, this felt like it's more like a continuation of Next Gen, and I think it just felt like oh, okay, just it's just run out of steam. People were just a bit fed up with it now. Just want a bit like something new, or just need a bit of break from it. And I think by by then, by the time we get to um, Insurrection, they knew that, and they felt like, okay, what we need to like need to be cool, need to be relevant. I know. Let's uh, try and be a bit. Let's more get him to do a milf. Let 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 let's try and be a bit more like you know um, Matrixy and a bit more actiony and be a bit cool. You know, get like a a cool hot young actor to be a villain, and it'll you know, and it it was just it. In a way, it was kind of like dying of a day, in the fact that it was it, it was like it was a mid it was like a, a series in a midlife crisis, like not really known. Picard should have had doing. a comb over in this, shouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> they should have got him to it grow like the side bit and then just comb it over, <laughs> and then like put go faster stripes on the side of the Enterprise. <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, like you know, they give basically Picard all the all the action stuff to do, and and as we've said before. Patrick Stewart is not an action star. <laughs> you know, you know, no, the best one in the world. He's in terrific like shape. He's just not yeah. suited. It's just not it's his thing. Like it, but it's just not the right, he's not the right guy for the role. Yeah. It's not, it's, not, it's not like saying he can't do a little bit, but it's, when, when it's like all him, it's like, for Christ's sake, come on. You know, especially when you've got like other cast members just sat around twiddling their thumbs. You know, it's just, 
you know and, like, and, and Wolf gets next to nothing to do in this film as well Michael Dorn I think he's, he complained didn't he he was like oh you know Wolf yeah. has yeah, or no yeah, screen yeah. time and it's like oh. Uh, he, got to, he, he got to sort of ride shotgun with Picard later. That's about it. Yeah, that's all you kind apparently, of see. Apparently, there's a, apparently there's a deleted scene where he got custody of uh, Data's cat. I saw oh, that. Oh, yeah. Spot. Poor Spot. <laughs> you know, I completely forgot about Spot. I'm not, I'm not seen or heard of him since uh, Generations. Yeah, he well, just still doesn't fine, get apparently. Time at all. Does, does, does that mean Deep Wall has a cat as well? And another member of the, uh, of the crew that doesn't get enough screen time. <laughs> same, same as Picard's fish. So not appearing in this film. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think that's why the film flopped, though. Not no, enough, no, uh, no. Not I enough to cat pussy. I, I just think, I just think <laughs> the fuse was important when and then. That's Lindy Lindsay Lohan. That was all. Oh god! <laughs> if it was in the inter- if it was like further into the internet age and they put cats in it, it would have been a massive hit. <laughs> the one thing that again it's always this this element of um debating with the studio what should and shouldn't be in um i think they largely got their way making this but there was one thing i just thought yeah that studio is all over someone said to rick berman put a seven of nine in it <laughs> right and she and, and so instead of going you're mental aren't you he went to jerry ryan and said do you want to be in it and she's like <laughs> no right and then he said would you want a cameo at the wedding? <laughs> She's like, why would I be at the wedding? I don't know these people. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like, everyone's going to rush out and see it because there's a brief cameo of her in a tight like Chris suit in the first couple of minutes. But yeah, so it was... Um... Maybe if Admiral Janeway was there. And the other thing is, um, Stuart Baird was suggested by Sherry Lansing for the studio... Um, now, I'm assuming, and I've never followed up on this, but um, the Lara Croft Tomb Raider films were mentioned, and I can only assume it was the same studio. Yeah, Paramount. apparently, certainly the first one, which predates this, um, Stuart Baird, whatever you think of the film, he utterly saved it. It was far, far more of a mess. And he came in and, and re-edited it into something usable. And Rick Berman's perspective was the studio perceived they owed Stuart Baird a favour so they went to him and said would you let Stuart Baird direct this and uh, apparently he did uh, he recut um, and saved Mission Impossible 2 as well oh god <laughs> well yeah there's a film that looks um, saved <laughs> saved written by the same <laughs> guy did Tom Cruise shit himself in the original cut or something <laughs> maybe he just Maybe he, he just does a lot of running, doesn't he? So. The last half an hour, yeah, um, which is the only good entertaining bit of the film. But he, a lot of directors have done this. We'll talk about it with <laughs> oh, Marshall yeah, yeah. Lucas when we get to Star Wars down the line. That um, I've read a couple things about that, where what the original cut might have looked like with the um, footage we've been shown in the final yeah. film. Just rearranging it can make so much of a difference. And yeah, so you end up with Stuart Baird here, who'd only. Um, directed rules of engagement was it rules of engagement or was it executive decision executive decision well this film is more sort of executive relief (laughs) (laughs) there's no relief here (laughs) a bit of comic relief but that's about it well what a pile of executive relief relief for your brain cells you can just switch off and just u.s marshals as well didn't he u.s marshals not rules of engagement sorry rules of engagement wasn't actually bad yeah, no. wasn't, wasn't that William Freaker? 
could tell you without looking. Yeah, very possibly. Oh, sorry, uh, is it, yeah, uh, William, oh, the guy did extras. Shatler. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the shat. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's the, uh, winning, yes, uh, it's the, um, is it like, uh, we, nah, the sequel that I mentioned in last week's podcast, last time podcast. US Marshals, yeah, US Marshals was, because it was the sequel, a sort of unofficial sequel to The Fugitive. To The Fugitive. And you were it. like, I love it because of Harrison Ford, who's yes. not in it. Well, it is. Harrison Ford, who is not, yeah, not <laughs> in it. it is, well, it's not unofficial. It is, is the sequel to The Fugitive, because it features the same. It's Tom Lee Jones. Tom Lee Jones again? Yeah. But, uh, the, the, just... the fugitive cinematic universe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there we are. <laughs> Two films. Yes. That's like, <laughs> Richard Kimball yes. wasn't the MCU. <laughs> oh, it might, it might be unofficial now because people rather forget it. But. <laughs> cool. yeah. Um. So yeah, no, it, it's it's just like it's just an okay film. I mean, it, if if you dissect it, it it's gonna fall apart quite easily. But it had some nice moments for me. It. it I, I found it more watchable than, than last week's film, but at the end of the day, it was kind of very blah, you know. I mean, I thought the action scenes were pretty generic and poor, um, and but it, it is it is watchable enough, you know. I mean, the second half of it, it goes all action, doesn't it? Yeah. And the action it is really so does. bad. Yeah. It, mm. It's because it, it's, it's, you've got, like, you know, a guy who's, what, late 50s by this point? How old is, yeah. Patrick Stewart would have been in his sixties by now. I think I've got a feeling. Yeah, I think he was born in nineteen forty. So, so literally, you have like a guy in his sixties, basically sort of jumping around with two guns in the air, firing yeah. lasers. And, at uh, and I'm pretty sure Jonathan Frakes is coming up fifty as well. Yeah, he would have been sixty-two. Yeah, there you go. Because he's, yeah, because he was born in nineteen forty. <laughs> But yeah, there's no there's no real character work in it really. I mean, I I I can't really tell you the ins and outs of the characters in Next Gen uh, as much as Dave and Charlie could. But um, well, I they're just, not here. Well, yeah. Well, I, that's I, the point. I, I what did, have I, you I, learned from the films? Not a lot. Sound yeah. Um, he's got a cat. Um, he's got an emotion chip, which he can switch off and or rip out of his head according to choice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, he, and, I, and, I, and I thought, spoiler, his uh, sacrifice was just kind of felt like... Tag- I, uh, I don't know. I don't think that was... It's not like Rafa Khan where it's hinted at in its themes. But it just felt like, oh, well, OK, we'll do the Rafa Khan ending now. You know, I mean, There's oh, nothing to hint at it other yeah. than they've got a spare. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, exactly. We've That's got a spare Andy. so we can kill him off. And I'll and do then. a download first. <laughs> yeah, implant his memories. Well, also, I suppose we'll get to this uh, when we talk about the film sequentially. But why didn't they just give Picard that um, that handy little um, <laughs> teleport badge? Go like, oh, we well, really got, got, got one. got power enough for one teleport. Hang on, how about have this? All right, cheers, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rather than like, <laughs> I mean, I kind of wanted to see like straight afterwards. When I thought when he when said, "Oh shit, we should have given this, shouldn't we?" Yeah, we should have. But anyway, we can't hold this off any longer, can we? <laughs> it's well, coming. We, we've already talked about Ronnie Corbett, so I guess we. <laughs> Shall we discuss? Ronnie Barker, don't you mean? Yeah, sequentially. Let, let's get over with it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so some shit happens, and then yeah. bye. Um, <laughs> Before Charlie leaves, so, it's completely. Week. So Jim Robinson. <laughs> so Jim Robinson is working. Is is He's undercover on Romulus. He doesn't die of a heart attack. I never saw happening. 
I really didn't see that as a plot twist when he was on Neighbours. <laughs> and also, oh. and also, uh, Doctor, uh, President David Palmer's chief of staff. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's David Palmer. Twenty-four. Oh okay. Um, yeah, so certainly when they cut out Wesley Crush, they always also cut out Bounce of the Dog as well, um, which was a huge loss to this film. Yeah. Um, uh, and the things Kylie was up to before they cut that. <laughs> now, so um, we, we, we've got the first scene, which is basically the Romulan Senate or something. Yeah. And they're all killed with some biological weapon. Kind of, it basically turns to stone or turns something like that. Doesn't stone, it? doesn't it? Yeah, and then they. I, I I I do I do like the opening. To be fair, it is quite like oh. God, we're all ill today, aren't we? Jesus Christ! Uh... Yeah, there's no coincidence here. I've been out and about today, so I'm a little bit like. It's, it's not just Star Trek Nemesis. It's do you expect us to talk Nemesis? Yeah. Yes. Um, I guess it's, it's quite quite interesting with the little medieval typeface at the beginning. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't uh, like the, um, the credits are quite very stylish. Yeah, quite different to normal. It's the first kind of trek not to include all the names of the cast. And yeah. it's kind of like Star Trek Nemesis and then goes into it. Yeah, it, I kind of like though, he just went straight to it rather than like, okay, let's spend five minutes with Crillo's credits. I reckon, it was, I reckon it was contractual so he could have his name at the end. That's the first thing. Saying, oh, that's true, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's kind of some biological box weapon. That, uh, so something's happened in the Romulan Senate, and then we cut yeah. straight to a very, very big close-up of Picard's face. Like, <laughs> Extreme close-up. I wonder what's going on here. Yeah, like it, again, it's that, that element of surprise. Like, well, what could this be? <laughs> Isn't it the same thing they do in Generations with the, like, the ship, and they like sort of pretend like Worf's getting court-martialed? But instead, he's actually being promoted. A little bit in it, duty. Yeah. He's giving someone a right chewing out here. No, it's a wedding speech. Yeah, great. Now there and was look, a lot of stuff in this cut out, apparently. Yeah, again, Wes- Wesley Crusher, who apparently was part of the the crew on the Titan, the um the ship that Riker was there. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard given. as well. Af- after the Riker maneuver, a- after he's been a superior form of being, he's come back to be. Lieutenant on the Titan. <laughs> <laughs> and you got Whoopi Goldberg in. He's been cloned like Picard was, that's what it was. Oh, I don't know. They were exchanging really cheesy smiles with each other, all of them. And another fucking joke about Romulan Ale. Oh, yeah. yeah there's ah. another one later well, as well. It is. It's all they drink. It's like the Romulans as well. It's like, if I'm, <laughs> it's like if I'm online with someone and they say, What do you want? I go, Earth beer. <laughs> all I say every time, whatever the circumstances. It's dropped later on with Thingy from um, the Saw films and Friends and whatever. Yeah, she, yeah. She just goes like, "Yeah, I, I owe you a drink, Romulanato, please." It's like, well, it's fucking obvious. That's redundant. You didn't need to say that. That's all they drink. You open up a tap and it just no comes out. You so know. aggressive. They're just pissed all the time. Or hungover. Oh. Remember, they have no idea what tequila is. <laughs> no, but it's blue, so hmm, it makes them happy. Was this meant to be the holodeck or a set or outside somewhere or what? Because it looks shit. I think it might be a holodeck because they talk later about it being, about going to Beta Z and having a wedding there because we've never heard them making jokes about n- nude at a wedding before, have we? Yeah, that Patrick no. Stewart, that that wedding was written by Patrick Stewart's character from like extras. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they should have opened with that. The more fucking bollocky mouth. 
<laughs> yeah, they should just they should just cut from Jim Robinson to Patrick Stewart's naked arse. And then him wobbling as he goes, duty! Yeah, just the full length of him with his dick out, just going, duty. <laughs> and Data and his bloody singing. This guy can do any voice going. He's a robot. And so he's, done, he's done a really third-rate crew <laughs> It is right, Way too hard for his. Oh god! Is, does Riker join in with his trumpet? I can't. His trumpet. No, he doesn't. Know. He just sits and no, looks cheese and spares that in the With who's grinning along as she always does in these things. <laughs> Picard looks delighted. We get a joke about Whoopi Goldberg's character being married twenty-three times. Twenty-three times was enough for me, she said. Because that's a nice round figure you stop at, isn't it? Twenty-three. How many of those was in the Nexus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. yeah. How, how old are characters meant to be anyway? Hundreds of years. See, yeah. see, that's not that like surprising, really, is it? When you think about someone who's lived that long. Yeah, but at the same time, as long as she's managing marrying people from like other races that are shorter lived. I mean, if she's just <laughs> marrying people from the same race, then it could just be she can't settle. <laughs> Do you think she would have been in the uh, in in the, in the Federation tabloids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woman weds twenty third husband. It's twenty third for guy nan. Twenty <laughs> <laughs> third guy nan. Oh, maybe her racist stuff like has like high like you know um, just go for weddings a lot. You just like get married all the time. She goes, hey, fine. That the average rate is like two years each wedding each, each marriage. Maybe that was the whole point of Sora. He needed to get back for a wedding he missed. Yeah, that's all it is. I've got all these gifts. <laughs> <laughs> this Arcos gift badge is about to fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the main talking point from the wedding scene. <laughs> How many times Elorians get married? And Will Wheaton's cameo. Can you miss it? There he is. On the well, end. yeah, as I say, they feel more. He did have words, apparently, originally. Yeah, and they chopped but... it off on, on the cutting room floor. Uh, I thought uh, Picard's speech was awful, actually, because it's supposed to, it's the worst of the next generation trying to be funny and failing. It's a bit cringeworthy, isn't it? He's all about duty, and it's just like, oh, cringe. I mean, it's a, kind of, you know, it's a nice kind of moment of levity to, to open the film. And it's nice to see them finally get married, but it's just like, mm, and also, really? she's got cringe. Data yeah, but they're wearing clothes. We shut up, Data. <laughs> yeah, he's got like um, he's got Will Wheaton there, and he says, "Shut up to Data." Just a missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting fifteen years to say that. <laughs> shut right. up, Wesley. Okay. <laughs> a- after this pivotal scene, I started losing com- uh, concentration. What happened next? Um, they get this- he makes a joke about Mister Riker or something like that, doesn't he? Is oh, that that's on bit? the bridge where he goes down onto where he goes down onto the ship. He calls him he calls him Mister Troy. That's it, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and all the other people on the bridge giggle like it's the funniest thing ever. Yeah, wolves. I do not think it's appropriate for a Starfleet officer to appear naked. No good. He can just Picard. make something up because he's Klingon. He can just straight a sash over it and go, well, that's what we do. <laughs> get, get, replicate some kind of foreign dinner. Some kind of Klingon delicacy and then just kind of put it in his pants. Um, <laughs> Not good if you're not wearing pants. You just sat there with like <laughs> bolognese or something true. hanging from your dick. Well, yeah, um, and then you, and you've got Picard 
ordering him to go to this wedding. It's like, that's the worst thing ever. I wonder if Picard just wants to see his cock. He's just like, I've never seen a Klingon cock, come on. Honestly, reached. Yeah, imagine my boss ordering me to go to a wedding. Naked. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Can you imagine yeah. that if that was like, you know, if you, if you were at work or something and there was some other cult, culture from somewhere around the world and your boss orders you and says, by the way, you've got to be naked. <laughs> like, yeah, all right. Then. Um, and then they get this positronic signal. Yes, they get a positronic signal from some bad CG in some other system. And then go to a planet without any white balance. Um, I think it's to imply it's like an arid desert land. But, I mean, all it just you just think that wouldn't even be habitable. But um, it's an excuse. Again, I pick up, uh, Patrick Stewart had less input to this to, than um, the previous films. And there was a lot more Brent Spiner involved in it. But I do know that Patrick Stewart is like a big car guy. And I do wonder if that's why this scene was here. Because he just wanted to go Bobby Brand in this thing. And right. also Tom, Tom Hardy had some mates from Fury Road. Yeah. <laughs> called over to be That's here. really prescient as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, in about 15 years, I'll, I'll, I'll be playing Mad Max. Trust me. This is um... going to be such a good callback, but my peeps will love it. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I like to think that um, if you're a good editor, then you might make a good director. But clearly, this isn't the case here. Well, there's a balance to be had, isn't there, between uh, honouring the material and bringing in something fresh. Yeah. Mm. And the general knock on him was that he would uh, the characters they were a little bit stuck in their ways, the actors, but they did have insights about my character wouldn't say this, or this doesn't really work for the character. And apparently ran roughshod over them every time. Yeah. Uh, that was the feedback. I mean, Marina Sirtis, who's never been that positive about any of the films, called him an idiot. No. Um, and I can kind of sort of see it. Some of the actions directed quite badly and it's got some silly slow-mo effects in it and all the rest of it. It's not that it's particularly incompetent. It's just that I, I don't think he really, he doesn't really seem to connect with the material as much as anything else. It, it wasn't I such think, of a fan as well, wasn't he? I mean, not like, yeah, not, I, not I, I think uh, I think when you have situations like this, um, you, you either have two, two types of directors. You either have one who is willing to come in and kind of learn about all it and, and kind of read up. Like Half Bennett did when he produced Rough of Khan. He watched all of the Star Trek episodes. Yeah. Um, to get, whereas, well, or you get someone who just wants to put their own stamp on it, isn't really that interested in what has gone before. Yeah. And, uh, and wants to just make it their film. Yeah, it's really odd because you read up on it now and they're all quite negative about him. But of course, if you watch the deep Blu-ray, it's all the sort of features from the time yeah. where they're being quite positive. There certainly was a degree of shock this film didn't do very well. I think they ha they thought it was better than its reaction. And I might go along with that, to be fair, to some degree. But yeah, so yeah. where were we up so, to? Because I'd step away for a minute. Where were we? Uh, they're on the planet fighting um what's his yeah, name oh yeah it's the june book thing <clears throat> the mad like, max guys like yeah it's a bit mad max it, isn't it the scene like you guys can correct me but wasn't this very unpicard for him to like sort of get behind a wheel of a car and go like yeah i'm gonna sort of go dirt dirt biking around you know in the desert or something like that the car shouldn't be doing away <laughs> missions full stop really yeah 
But yeah. did, but but did that? I mean, like I I don't know the character, so I don't know if he has that side to him anyway. But is that well, it's just later him? on, Chris? What what you're talking to there? We'll come back to this scene on. I promise. But I just want to note one thing as I was watching it later on when they meet Shinzon. They beam over there or whatever, and they're in this chamber on whatever that ship's called. And I'm sat there and I'm looking at the captain, the first officer, the second officer, <laughs> the, the head of tactical, oh, and, the ship, and the ship's counsellor. That, that's about four of the six most senior staff. That would just never happen. Isn't the doctor there? Doesn't, does Crusher there okay there as well? She could be. She could be, yeah. But yeah. certainly... It, the the chain of command on that ship would go like Picard, Riker, Data, effectively, and all three of them are there. Crusher, Crusher's the only person on the ship who can relieve the captain, it, and obviously Worf is head of tactical and a bridge officer. <laughs> it's really dumb. It's just like, but they've been on the they've been on it long enough that you think they'd say this this isn't right. But there you go. But yeah, um, it isn't very Picard, but he, Patrick Stewart was desperate to do this scene. Um, again, it feels so crammed in. Again, yeah. if, that was a, if that was the TV series, you could certainly have this sort of plot. And the mystery would be all about finding these remains and they're in different places. And what does that mean? It but wouldn't be, be let's have a shootout first. On a, and ride around in a buggy. Yeah. With some unsafe velocities. It is basically... Right, we'll, we'll go down, find parts of a new data, like, oh, I wonder what this is. And then, oh, so let's have a shootout ch- slash chase. And, uh, and, uh, let's, <laughs> let's do like a, like a daring kind of like <laughs> drive off a cliff in, in, into like the uh, carrier of the. But it's so boring. They're being shot at and we have no idea <clears throat> who. Yeah. And as we later find out, the whole point was to get them, the, them to get the android, find it and get them, get it off the planet. So shooting at him makes no fucking sense at all anyway. Yeah. And um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's just there to be a crap action sequence. It's there for, for Patrick Stewart to do his Top Gear stuff um, and for them to have a shot for the trailer. And that shot makes no sense as well because you think at that speed going into that shuttle, that would just slam, slam the shuttle down. Yeah. But the way it happens, it's just like it, it just goes into, um, into a bit... Uh, into foam. It just feels like an unnecessary plan. It's like, why don't you just land the, land the plane, like, sort of on the ground and then just drive up and Just then... get into outer atmosphere and beam all the bits up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just go around with, with the actual shuttle. We know they have to contrive some of these things, but this isn't a particularly smart contrivance. No. It, and again, it's, that's, it's, it's the kind of thing that you think about being in the new Star Trek films. Yeah. And at least kind of some of the contrivances, like in Beyond, when everyone kind of freaked out about the motorbike. And while it's still really silly, it works in the film. Well, it's, whereas... it's, it's a good executed scene, though, isn't it? You can go, okay, fine, well, that's that, that please but I also right. think, I also think if you'd had the budget in the 60s and filmed more on location... Mm. And you could do digital face replacement. If you if you had some of the tools that are available to you now that you had then, I wouldn't rule out James T. Kirk riding a motorcycle. Mm. It doesn't seem that much of a disconnect as Picard suddenly decided he wants to have a whelp around on some planet that they already say at the start is uncharted. They don't know what's there. You don't you don't let your captain go. And the captain doesn't insist on going just because you're about to be like fucking Mr. Troy. 
doesn't make an awful lot of sense. But the upshot is they find another android, which Data responds to like he's never seen one before. <laughs> it's like, he looks exactly like me. He's like, well... What, got, a bit like got, Law? Yeah, you're, you're a bit of a fucking robot, really. <laughs> law appears in four or five episodes. Data, in a sort of Days of Their Lives kind of plot twist, has an evil twin. Which is kind dun, of dun, it's a bit like Kit had an evil twin in Knight Rider and stuff. It's a bit, it's a bit soapy, be, isn't it? It's one of those things. But he did, didn't he? He had a um, car. Car. And then and it was Goliath as well. But I loved it. Like, about, yeah, you had Garth Knight. But about five <laughs> years later or something, there was another episode. <laughs> and, and Car turns up again. And I just remember the Hoff, because I was about ten by now, looking over the cliff at, or something and going... But we killed Carr in 1982, <laughs> and I just—it was so dramatic. So yeah, there is there is kind of an evil twin already. So the idea that Sung did another one—I'm surprised they're that shocked. Yeah, how many are these, and and how did Shinzon find it? It seems remarkably coincidental. Oh, we've got some more somehow dialogue though. Oh yeah, somehow we found this <laughs> another android just like Data. Yeah, so, and, and later on, somehow they got his DNA. <laughs> Somehow they must have got hold of my I'm, DNA. I'm still trying to scratch my head why, what the purpose of uh, the bad guy was uh, a clone of Picard in the first place. What the relevance of that was. And what, yeah. why, why they thought it was a good idea. Like, why? Not only that, he was probably like first officer on some ship by then. That was quite fucking prescient that yeah. in, in 25 years' time, he's going to be like. Like, get, head of the Federation star get, uh, flagship. I mean, like, what what was to stop the the the, writer, the writers of the film simply making um, uh, Tom Hardy just like anyone, like no connection to Picard whatsoever? He's just like, because John. Any, he's just like a John bad Logan. Guy. Yeah, John Logan said, um, and it makes me laugh when I read this because obviously I've read all of the Fifty Emission two volumes, all the rest of it. And I sort of lost count of the amount of writers or producers or something that would come along new to the series. And they'd say, my personal favourite was The Wrath of Khan. And yeah. they say it like it's controversial and like breaking <laughs> news. And it's like, wow, what a left field choice. Right? <laughs> so we did say, my personal favourite was The Wrath of Khan. I thought, fuck me, that's some, that's some controversial opinion there, man. Um, so he wanted he wanted a, he went to Rick Berman with a few ideas things he wanted but they were a lot shopping list of things he wanted to see in the film like the Enterprise flying into another ship but one of them was a villain because he, he said a Star Trek film is as good as its villain no it isn't um, mm. not necessarily anyway um, usually in like in regular action film thrillers yeah but that's not what Star Trek is about no the best me. film had a good villain it's not the same thing but yeah. anyway um that's so he said it's as good as villain i want one with a personal connection to picard but unlike the wrath of khan they've got to kind of develop it within this film uh it's not very good like, so they get the, I, I do if if they want to do that like is if okay if you want to think okay right let's do wrath of khan um what would would you like choose a villain from the actual next gen TV show and then just big him up on the big screen that had like a personal, or would you basically say, well, hang on, well, wasn't that just the, the Borg? And that, that idea yeah, would have been done. The Borg kind of were their iconic villains. I mean, I, I guess. 
I don't know. You could get the guy from Chain of Command back who tortured Picard, I guess. But to be yeah, honest, it's, it's 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 quite a retrofit. I don't know whether I don't know readily who necessarily you would go with. I mean, I was just I was just thinking this like an idea, like if you were to yeah. something better. But I'm not saying it's they, yeah, because they brought back Lurstrom and Baturin and killed them. Then they brought back the Borg and fucked them up. Um, yeah. There was no, there was, it was surprising there was no, never any kind of film with Q. Um, yeah, Q would have been like one, but yeah. But so difficult to explain in a movie setting as well. And frankly, exactly, if, Q, yeah. if, Q if, is, if Q is your enemy, he will wipe you out instantly. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you're looking... so he's far overpowered. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's I can see why you're asking, but. Yeah. Um, it's fundamentally a flaw to keep trying to remake the Wrath of Khan. All oh, I'm yeah. saying is, if you're gonna remake it, to try and scramble up this personal connection in no time at all is quite difficult. They, and they, but that's the thing. It's like in the same way that a lot of Star Wars fans don't understand Empire Strikes Back. It's like a lot of people don't understand Wrath of Khan, and they and they kind of go back to it again and again and go, oh yeah, that every every film should be every Star Trek film should be like the Wrath of Khan. Well, no, um, and all, all it's it's not like <clears throat> again like people saying, oh yeah, Khan's amazing because of the enemy and because because of Khan, and, and yeah, Khan, Khan is is great and Montalban is really brilliant in the film, but all the different permutations around that film. Um, and, he did uh, well. He did get Charlie. There's no doubt that because he did say that one of the things. This is John Logan's words, I think. He said that he thought one of the cleverest things he'd ever seen in the Star Trek series was giving Kirk glasses to, as that shorthand for staging, and he's got to move on. And you can see they got that general idea because you got Riker getting ready to move on, and so on. It's just not very well done because. It's not in any way organic. It's not yeah. looking at the situation and saying, okay, where would these characters now be in their lives? How can we exploit that? Yeah. Or if, I know you're a big fan, Charlie, but taking on board that they started from the perception that they can't make the motion picture again, both yeah. in cost and tone. They've gone, right, how do we deal with that? Right, we've got to have them age and we've got to, and what does that lead us on to? okay. Well, relevance, readiness, facing mortality, etc. This film, they've just gone. We need to remake the Wrath of Khan. What was in that? Yes. Yeah, oh, t- well, they were aging, weren't they? <laughs> I do. I do wonder. Um, looking at the time it was made, and whether it was one of the things on on Logan's list about uh, cloning and thing and things like that, um, yeah. and, and how much of that was into the kind of the decision to make Shindon a uh, a, a clone of a. Uh, of Picard. I mean, they do play the idea of. I mean, I suppose it's one of the, the one of the elements I, I do like is they do. There is an attempt to have an idea, and they can play with like, okay, well, uh, what makes someone like? Is it, you know, is, is, is Picard potentially? What evil makes or, you? Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of things like, do I have the ability to be evil with him, or is it just, you know. Or, or, or me, or me and him, completely different, you know, on, on any level, um, and it's and it does raise a question. We I mean, doesn't really answer it, really, but it, it it does at least raise up the question at one point. But yeah, because there's a, the chat with him and Data, isn't there? No, I just said that that that's one reason why 
this, this film is such a disappointment to me because it does have little nuggets where it could have done something really interesting and really Star Trek and really thoughtful, but instead just just goes off in the uh, in the the twop template, as it were. And it is and it is solved in a it's solved in a um, soundbite as well because mm. it's like well, but Data says to him something like, "Well, if he, he, he B four is not the same as me, but even if he was, he wouldn't be me." Yeah, and he says why, and he says something like, "Because I strive to improve," or something like that. And then basically that's Picard going, oh yeah, what a fair point then, that's it. Is it, is it something about like having a soul, like you know, everyone's got a different soul regardless of how, what they're made up of kind of thing? That would have been cheesy, but it would have been better. Yeah. Like, okay, well no, there is an indefinable quality to who you are. It isn't just matter and sort of neurons in your brain. Yeah, there's something else that makes something new, yeah. Yeah, because the the whole thing about him saying, "Well, if I had been raised in 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 the mines, as as put put, put, the, put to work in the mines and all that stuff, and being treated by all these kind of Romans and whatever, yeah. and then like yeah, the, the look at kind of nature versus nurture as well, and kind of how experiences yeah, they, <laughs> they deal with it with yeah, uh, yeah, you'd have been me, and it's like no, I wouldn't why? Because data said. <laughs> 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 we have got a good reason. The f- well, no, the of course. Does say, well, yes, he would. And again, it's it's the weird thing where these films make Picard and Data into Kirk and Spock, which again is why Data is is the one that bites it, um, because Data obviously Data was supposed to be the new Spock anyway, yeah. um, but. So because of that, and and the kind of parallels that he has with with Spock, um, and certainly did at least in the uh, in in the series, um, kind of has has put them as, as the kind of primary relationship um, in in the series. What did you think, Becca? Becca, Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I tried to do it on the quiet. Um, no, I, I think it's okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of, in, well, in general, it's kind of, um, I'd say I had much more enjoyable experience of this film, like better last time. But there are scenes that I do have problems with. And it's just, it kind of gets more and more average as it kind of goes down. But I guess, I guess that's the thing that, that, in terms of the story of the film, we're not even on Romulus yet. No, exactly. We're taking forever to kind of get to where it needs to be, and it's just like, oh, you know. Problems of this film. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it takes about like half an hour to kind of see got Tom Hardy, who's, who's meant to be like the central villain, and like as you know, as you were saying, it kind of doesn't necessarily it will die, you know, by by a central villain. That's not always the case, um, and to kind of make make a film around that is not yeah. the best way to go, especially as like this is obviously the last film in the franchise. It's meant to be kind of like a last hurrah, can't you know, pushing the boat out. Because um, well, be like the most, you know, kind of most, it, the most expensive, but also the lowest grossing. Or was it more meant to be like a new start as well? Like, was meant to be like sort of like a, like a to, to rejuvenate the, the franchise almost, like give it like a facelift? Well, the uh, the, the, the tagline mm. of the film was a generation's final journey begins. Okay, well, uh, I guess Yeah, that. I don't I don't think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I maybe... Know. I don't know where it came in that this was uh, then decided to be the last film. 
I don't know how how far in is that planning, but that was kind of that was what was used in the advertising as the tagline. Yeah, I don't, I don't think kind of, did they sort of plan the sort of how many is it in twenty year arc or something? I can't I can't remember how it goes. But I don't think they plotted out a course of you know <laughs> all these different films. No, but, they um, had a complete rethink after after Insurrection. I mean, this is the longest gap between Star. It is, yeah, definitely. But it, it was meant to be kind of like a even though there's a long gap between them, um, it was meant to be like a, a direct follow up to Insurrection, wasn't it? I think. I don't know how to react. Um, yeah. We get to this point in the movie and I start to struggle. I really think I'm like, hmm, what, really? You know. what, what do we make Six of actually it. Tom Hardy's uh, performance, generally, as a, as a fresh young actor? Dina Villa, do, we think he did, do we think he did a good job? I think he was in a no-win position, personally. I think he kind of... Um, I think at this point he's just a bit too young and a bit too lightweight. I, yeah. I don't, I, you know, it's not whether he's really good or bad. I, I think put somebody in that uniform and give them that dialogue, they're gonna struggle. But the fact is, Tom Hardy then quite a thin, reedy voice, very, very young, and it it comes across more as a kid having a tantrum than than like a heavyweight villain. You compare Especially him to I, this, and then compare I, him to when he and you see him. In, oh, sorry, Charlie, go through. Sorry, no, I was just saying, if, if especially if you're putting someone like that against Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And in, in terms of the films as well, you've got to remember, at this point now, Patrick Stewart has just been in X-Men. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, you've got the X-Men franchise phenomenal. kicking off, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you compare, like, in terms of, like, Tom Hardy's... I don't want to go on all about Tom Hardy. Um, no, feel free. <laughs> and, and so shout out to... Um, then Roberts, who I know is probably Tom Hardy's number one plan. Um, yeah, if you sort of compare this to obviously like Bane, for example, it's like one of his major roles. You see how far he's come. Well, not, not as an actor, obviously, in terms of physicality, um, known for the kind of really, kind of really physically imposing roles. Um, the costume is great. Makeup is, you know, is, is really interesting. But yeah, you can't, you kind of need great, somebody really? more. Well, I just, I do, I think it's quite... It's very pointy. Becca, Becca just likes a guy in leather. That's, <laughs> that's it, pretty much. I like a guy in uniform. Just, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. Apparently this um, is four years after Insurrection. Well, no, mm. that's it, definitely. Um, but it's just in terms of... Yeah, you, you want somebody kind of more physically imposing. The right. Performance-wise, it, it's fine. Um, it's one of those, you know, decent early performances. But you kind of... I, I agree, you kind of want somebody more kind of physically imposing in the role. Um but yeah, it's 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 fine. It is what it is. The thing is, didn't it's not even the first time that they've got a clone that's saying this. It's Picard, a clone of Picard, is it? There wasn't there a no. There someone claimed to be his son in TNG. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But didn't they turn out to be a clone? Uh, it was someone she'd met someone in a bar or something. Oh, okay. Uh, he oh, met okay. No, in yeah, a I thought it was clones as well. The whole story and. I don't think he was a clone. Whether they did, so, whether he did do something to fake DNA or a blood, I don't know. He wasn't a clone. He was just someone who was. He basically met this woman who Picard may or may not have been intimate with. I, I can't even remember whether the story confirms that. I suppose she must have been if he thought it was his son. But yeah, he just comes on the ship to pretend to be. But yeah, I think it's the first time we've had an actual clone. But none of this really makes sense. I mean, uh, the, John Logan made a big noise about how he wrote the um, dialogue to it, the exact same sort of pacing as as Picard. And I'm thinking, yeah, but he was brought up somewhere different. It's 
I, d- I don't really understand that. He's completely bald. Well, Picard had hair until basically a few years before next gen. Um, and it's it's strange. I think all of this is rather a strange choice. And he, yet he, he manages to sort of cl- get himself power. And yet he's obsessed with sort of Picard and Earth and all the rest of it. We've got no idea how they got a sample of his DNA. We've got no idea where if we estimate he's about 25 how they would have gone back 25 years and projected that that guy would be very, quite senior in the Federation. He wouldn't have even been a captain at that point. Or if he was, it was only just. Um, so it, it's not, again, like a lot of these bloody things, have they really thought about it? A lot of gaping plot holes, really, isn't there? You sort of think, hmm, really, it's, it's one of those ones that you kind of, it doesn't really stand up to... Yeah, did, did they ask... Him personally to come to did Shinzon ask him personally to come to to Romulus because I know Janeway says I want you to go to Romulus but I think yeah it, they they get them into the region uh, don't they was it the normal you're the only ship in the uh... is this Janeway before Voyager or after after vo- after afterwards yeah Voyager finished the year before sort of about eighteen months before okay. this so she's got home been promoted all that kind of thing and again as usual with the, these things a bit of fan service. Because we were all desperate to see Janeway tell Picard what to do, weren't we? <laughs> <sighs> I feel bad for Cisco. Where's Cisco in the next gen films? I don't know. Maybe he's got some fucking taste. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing 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 actual things a bit by beating the Dominion and yeah. putting, putting all the other captains to shame. I love the fact it, you know the captain of the Enterprise never really wants promotion because you know it's all about being captain. All the rest of them take promotion in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I guess I think we'll make some captains. Kind of, it was <laughs> yeah. engineered for him to find you know the positronic thing and that puts them in close enough region that they'd be likely the one sent across. True. I yeah. think that might be completely wrong, but let's be honest, who cares? And then they wait around. And then you know. all of the senior staff beam over to meet him. <laughs> There's that, that, that line there when he, uh, when when the uh, the scimitar um, decloaks, and he and, they, and he looks at it. And he goes, "She's a predator." <laughs> it's just like the worst line. The card. What are you doing? Yeah, but it, it wasn't even. It wasn't. Don't read that if you haven't seen it. This this for. You know, she's a predator class. That literally means, oh no, their their intentions. That that's supposed to be character development <laughs> for Shinzon. <laughs> a giant deadly ship. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> With some kind and, of and and, and now the f- color palette of this film goes insanely green. So is is that all because of this radiation and because of um, them being Romulan? Well, anywhere you can see in space is green as well after this point. It looks awful. Yeah, but I mean, is that supposed to be characters? I don't know. Because <laughs> green being the, uh, the, the national colour of green gas. That's character <laughs> building. I suppose their logo is green as well. And uh, they're kind of... That's the thing. Like, the, the last half of this film is very green. There's just a massive green tinge over everything. It's horrible. Well, you know, it's just the theme of it, and it's like they've got all oh, really green. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the, the, the Matrix uh, color was uh, it green, yeah, wasn't it? Was, yeah, it was color. So yeah. it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? It's like they pick a. Going like, to the Matrix. They, they pick a 
beam of light of a colour and then you could stick with it. Could have been. Maybe, maybe they just took a screenshot of the nebula from Star Trek 2 and then just inverted the colour. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and then said, yeah, that's our colour scheme. So he goes That's over to meet Shinzon, and Shinzon yeah. meets him in the dark for dramatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how he announces that he's because you know it's rather than like typically in your scenes you have, you see this uh, character like roaming the dark, then he steps into like a uh, like a, 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 a shaft of light or something. Yeah, a shaft of light yeah. to it for a reveal. I'm going to turn the lights on. And now I shall turn on the lights. Ha ha! Ha! By the way, I used to have problems with hearing. But, Get it? Hearing when you were a kid, <laughs> hearing is more. No fuck off. Oh, um, and, and, and by the way, you know, Picard would have totally seen it. Or sit like, hang on, you look exactly like me when I was at this well, point. Did, it, it wasn't that dark. We could clearly see it was Tom Hardy. It was only like just about like. Hang on a minute. That looks like it might be a bald, handsome man. Hang on, am I sure this is me? The light comes on and he goes, Oh Christ, I've beamed over the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he goes on about his like insensitivity to light and it's like, what the hell? Oh, that and it's that's long. Going on about um Troy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shudders. Ooh. And then what, do we cut do we have the first mind rape after this? I think so, yeah. I think it is the mind rape. Oh, it's like He's trying uh, to pose as like a friend to Picard, and you must trust me. I'm gonna rape one of your crew. I'm just gonna rape one of your crew. And and the other thing is, she's got a very very mixed up idea of what going to sleep means. Because because <laughs> Riker's working, and she walks in and says, you know, doctor's orders or whatever. She says you need some sleep, and then she goes and fucks him. I think that's not getting him any rest, is it? <laughs> and and again, it it really kind of. Uh, goes back to kind of someone wanting to do a new thing in Star Trek. It's like, let's shoot him having sex. Yeah. Well, we've always seen him have a bubble bath. Why not? And, yeah, try and have a shave. But so let's, let's go one further in sexy bath. scene. I know that bubble bath. <laughs> 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 He's got a gift everywhere. I thought that bubble bath of Android's bottoms this time. Um, yeah, that, that accent he uses. It's like, I feel your hunger. This is like, Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I just love the fact that Ron Perlman joined in. It's like, <laughs> I'm in the mind of your mind now. <laughs> joined in sort of instead of shins on. Yeah. Surely they could have. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they could have formed a wobbly H. <laughs> <laughs> Or an Eiffel Tower, which is the same thing, but you high five each other. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to have some weird, uh, weird stuff. kind of thing about about. Um, I guess it's about Romulans in general. But when uh, the um, that Romulan captain tries to uh, use her female wiles, oh dear! And he goes, "Don't ever put your hand on me again." Yeah, he's a bit weird about that, isn't he? Um, I don't get okay. any of why he did any of that. And not only That's that, he literally it? did the first member of the crew <laughs> he met. <laughs> it's quite nightmarish, though. I think the, the way it's shot, it's kind of... It literally does escalate. Lieutenant Hawk had a bit of an easy escape, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, he did. 
at, at the end of the day, any scene like this is generally going to be pretty nasty, and especially seeing it in a Star Trek film, and it just leaves a horrible taste in your mouth. It, yeah. Well, quite literally and figuratively. No, not um, literally, no. <laughs> that would have been if Ron Perlman had joined. That would have been, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I, yeah, I found that's, that's kind of one scene that, that jumped out at me just because it was very, it was a big total shift, and I was like, oh, really? Oh, you know. And I was like, you, you don't, you don't really expect to see that in a Star Trek film. J- joking aside, from a taste perspective, I thought it was tasteless and out of place. Yeah, but yeah, that, yeah pure, I agree. From a pure plotting and film pacing perspective, this is madness. One scene after they meet him, uh, and especially since it's used just blatantly, so she can do that at the end when they're trying to find him in the uh, yeah. in the nebula. Yeah, remember. They're quite careful with the dialogue, though, at the end, because she doesn't go, I've got a plan, I can rape him the fuck. I'll rape him the fuck. I'll rape him, I'll rape him back. It's not very good. It's no. As a, as, to use that as a plot device, I think, is just and it, and it, yeah. the worst. It's, it's, it's Picard putting, his, putting his, uh, his counsellor through that. Yeah, she's saying, I need to be relieved from duty, and he's like, nah. No, you're not doing that. No. Someone who looks like he's fucking. It's the thing with data before, wasn't it? In, in generations, yeah. you're not going yeah, to be really trying duty. to be retired. But no, honest, I think the guilt. The thing is, don't turn up on duty. Then has to be relieved. Just ring in with a bellyache. <laughs> <laughs> just, just ring the uh, the HR line. If an HR line, bring in line, please. Before nine o'clock. Oh, before 9am. I thought you meant pre-Watershed. I was like, blimey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that, where did it go from that? I start um, with this film from now on. And then doesn't he kidnap? I did, I did do my usual uh, point by point, just because of, I've been out and about today. So. Uh, yeah, well, we, we, they, they're sort of working with Data as doppelganger, aren't they? B4. B4. And it yeah. turns out he's rather slow. Yeah. He's a bit special, isn't he, B4? Yeah, but you know, data does in no foreshadowing at all of the plot. <laughs> Downloads all his memories, experience, and personality into him, so that's safe. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do think it's interesting. It's, it's not Picard who is, only has a double, obviously, because you've got data in before. I think that's kind of a nice way of obviously because you've got one storyline coming to an end, and then mm. I don't know, just an idea of like images and mirror images and doubles throughout the film. I think that's quite an interesting concept. They don't fully realise well, it, they, but, they but there of, it is. Didn't they kind of do that in the original series um, with like it as like an alternate, um, like war, war kind of uh, different dimension of the Enterprise with like Kirk and Spock and all the rest of the crew, but they were more kind of like the the Federation is more like keen on war rather than like peace. yeah. There's mirror, they mirror episodes, mirror universe episodes. Yeah. yeah, which Next Gen never had, funny enough. But yeah, yeah. If, if Shunzon had had a beard. Yeah, <laughs> alternate Riker universe. Um, yeah, actually, there was a that was a, I think that was on Deep Space Nine, there wasn't it? They had a Riker oh, and Mirror oh. Universe. What I, what, I, what, trans- I, what I loved about it, was, I never knew like, that. Um, the the guy who Riker Will Riker in in ex, you know quotation marks turns up at Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and, and when he goes to reveal it's not him, he just sort of rips off the sides of his beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like. <gasps> Yeah, Thomas Riker. Thomas Riker, yeah. 
Oh. Episode called Episode of the Next Generation called Second Chances. Yeah. All right, I have to have a look at it. I'm not got that. It's good. It's actually really good. Um, but yeah, there's a follow-up episode in Deep Space Nine that's just hilarious. It's a good episode, but it's hilarious on that. <laughs> was, it, was it a good Defiant? I think because he, he steals. He steals the Defiant, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. And the big reveal. The big reveal is he's only got a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> Beer, just um, apparently, his apparently we're right because one of his middle names is Thelonious. I wonder what the T stood for. Oh. Yeah, Thomas. For some reason that just made me think of Theophilus P. Wildebeest. <laughs> <laughs> um, William Thomas Thelonious Riker. That's a mouthful. Um, yeah. I suppose <laughs> that's that's the, what that, that's pointed at the uh, the jazz side of him. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it's more of a jazz kind of thing, isn't it? So, yeah, so it's it's kind of here where we kind of get to the kind of the crux of what Shinzon's quote unquote plan is. Yeah, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> Not really so much His of a plan, plan is but... mental. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's just oh. yeah, like So basically he wants revenge on this race he's never met. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, really, but really, he just wants a, a blood transfusion. Yeah. I suppose. But, in, in that, I mean, in when that, you think in, now, is, even at the time of this film, we had cloning, Dolly the sheep and all the rest of it. And we had, like, arguments over stem cell research. Mm. And we're led to believe that in three centuries' time, they desperately need Picard for a transfusion. That doesn't make any sense at all. You'd be growing fucking all that stuff in labs by then. So yeah. that makes sense. But the other thing as well is they get like a blood sample from him. <laughs> Beverly tests it right in front of Picard. We get a visual display that absolutely makes it clear to even the dumbest member of the audience that they're the same person. And then later on when they're having a chat, this is before we've seen any problem with Shinzon except he had what appeared to be stomach pains when that woman came on to him. Um, but I mean that could just be he's in the closet you know but he, he he's there and and she says um, I, I something was wrong with his blood and I've only just figured it out it's because they've used temporal RNA so he's he's aging quickly and might die how long I don't know but it's speeding up and I'm thinking right, first off you got that all from a blood sample you'd already looked at and you had absolutely no reason to like study it anymore. And if you thought there was something in it that didn't look right, why was it on the screen looking absolutely identical to Jean-Luc Picard's? It's, it's just plot device. But it turns out Shinzon was supposed to age to a certain point, then have his development sped up so he reached Picard's physical age quicker and they could plant him in the basically in Starfleet. Oh, like kind of like a, a quick fix kind of thing. That sounds stolen from something else as well. I'm trying to, I can't think what so, it is. But... So, so basically they want to just replace... Probably, basically just wanted to replace Picard as an imposter and, you know... That was the general idea. Then sort of plans changed or regimes changed. I think it's meant to be like the Italian government or something, <laughs> Romulans. <laughs> and they ended up sticking him in the mines on Remus. Because they've named their planets after Romulus and Remus, of course you would. Well, as you do, as you as do. As you do. Yeah, well, give it that pass, that's all right. And then, um, of course, they never activated that 
thing in his DNA that would speed up his aging, and it's making him sick. So he needs Picard. But he doesn't just need Picard. He needs to kill Picard and then wipe out everyone on a planet he's never been to. Just because he's so dastardly. <gasps> for no reason, really. Just for shits and giggles. What, what, what yeah, can't the... I just replicate his blood? What are the um, the aliens, the the, you know, the other bad guys? What 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 what's their deal? Are they just what like his, his, what his his partners, if you like? Yeah, the Remans. They're Remans. Yeah. yeah, they they kind of they live in the sh- they've always lived in the shadow, literally and metaphorically, of Romulus. Romulus and Remus are in orbit Romulus, of each other. Romulus is kind of between their son and Remus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would make no sense because you're are, free. Are, but... are these the first time? Which is why he looks like a bat. I think, yeah, they, they make their debut. There's a drop, there's film, drop dialogue they? somewhere to say that they only diverged about 200 years before. Yeah. Oh. That's really fucking fast evolution. Hmm. That's really quick, isn't it? I mean, I go somewhere dark for a f- and cold for a f- like a few years, and within about eight generations, I look like you look like you do, and I look like that. <laughs> <laughs> like like two hundred thousand years, maybe. <laughs> um, I think like... was was this the first time they saw we saw Remans? Yes, it does. Yes, make their debut in this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so kind of they were they were basically they were, they were slaves, and they were put because there's that little bit isn't there as well where they kind of do the uh, previously on Shinzan, um, <laughs> and the uh, and they basically say that the 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 Remans were used as like slave labor in the Romulan mines, Dilithium mines. So he so because after the after it decided not to go through the plan, they just chucked him in the mine. So it's also kind of like a semi kind of Riemann revenge thing, which is why he's got them with him to uh, to strike back against the uh, the Romulans. Okay. Which is something that makes a lot more sense than what he actually wants to do with Picard and Earth. Yeah. So it's like, so the the idea of Earth is just like putting just to be like oh and he wants to get Earth too. Whoa. By any fucking logic, stories would follow. His mm. arc completes in the first scene of the fucking film. Yeah. The rest of it's all bollocks. Because he's already taken over Romulus. He's taken over Romulus, but now he's got to, you know, wipe Picard out of history or whatever. So you can't, so, so can't just go like Picard, uh, do his favour, mate. Can we just have a bit of your blood? Cheers. Right, I'll see you later. <laughs> no, he wants to. He wants to be because he says something at one point about the echo defeating the voice. Yeah. Oh, which okay. is not how you would describe yourself. It's not like a woman with quite a pretty it's, mother would it's say, it's, it's how basically... would you like to sleep with the fucking photocopy? Basically saying, he's, like, he's... this town is big enough for the both of us. <laughs> he's basically, it's, it's as if as if he and Picard were brothers, born as twins, born at the same time. He got to live his life on the Riemann world, and Picard got to live his life, only that they're not actually brothers. He's a clone. So any kind of vengeance or, or any kind of life that he feels Picard may have stolen um, is absolutely nonsense. Actually better dealt with better in that aforementioned Second Chances episode. Yeah. About the choices you make and, you know, circumstances and everything else. Um, but this film wants it always. It wants to remake The Wrath of Khan. It wants to have this sort of meditation on what it means to be human, even though they deal with it in one fucking um, sentence. They've got this meditation on what makes data, data. They've got, uh, and then the second half of it is a load of really piss-poor action in semi-darkness. 
And I can't think where that starts now. Where, what kicks it all off? I forget now. Um, so basically, so they kidnap him, and then B four quote unquote being bored, before. and then and then it, and then they it's revealed to be data, and then Picard needs to another action sequence. So they can't they can't beam off the ship. So they need to. They should have just beamed off instantly, and it oh, it's so boring. It's quite dark. Yeah, so they they go down the car. They go down the corridors in some tiny little Romulan fighter. Um, and as if, yeah, so I, I don't know what the, it just ends up going out of that, that skylight in the, uh, in the, in the first scene. And, uh, the, the, none of the action in any of these four films feels organic. Yeah, every script is written, Chris. Every script is contrived by the fact that you contrive it, but it doesn't. It just never hidden here. Every, it it's like it's like Brosnan's Bond. It's mm. like ten minutes. Oh, ten minutes time for another action sequence. Yeah, because because then they they piss off on in. Um, I know you said um, hyperspace. Then um, they piss off at, at warp, and then have the kind of battle stations thing and then there's a bit where they go wait but he could he could be watching us at any second and then he fires on them right after that moment it's like, yeah oh my god um just tell I mean, the audience so you're not surprised the, the best bit i think the best bit of acting in the film is the uh this that sequence where they have again he's got a brand new ready room with lots of brand new little ships and, and an extra little corridor bit yeah yeah and um, and he says he must not need, use that weapon because under any circumstance, obviously he's got some kind of that ship is some kind of super weapon thing, and then it rips off the Ravikar again by d- literally duplicating the uh, the, the, the sequence yeah. where the Enterprise gets um, well, well, this this scene where the Enterprise gets ready for battle, yeah. And you have all the kind of rousing I'm music. I to cut in all that Joel Schumacher stuff where you get like close-ups of Batman's ass. And that. <laughs> <laughs> should have should have had that just that, that all... sequence, but like Picard's ass and like all... Riker's wrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they get all ready for battle, and then the battle starts, and it's very green. It's really green. It's, and, it's the the Kermit know, the Frog Nebula. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's Kermit. It's Kermit Nebula. It's just so un- unescapedly green. Like what? And to be fair, by that point, Shinzon starts looking like um, one of the Muppets as well, with that wonderful makeup. It goes all baby, doesn't he? He goes all. Yeah, it's a bit like. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I think it's quite creepy because you can kind of, well, especially not to bang on about a new TV. I mean, it's not amazing, but you can see it like, in HD, and I, that's where I think the visual. In terms of the special effects are so poor, but I think the makeup is quite effective. Um, and like they say, like is it, is it God is, or the devil is in the detail, and I kind of like the level of detail that goes into it. I mean, it's quite obvious prosthetics. You can see where you can see the join. Um, but no, I think the makeup effects are, you know, probably one of the standout um, aspects of this film. I think, which say, which says a lot, really, rather yeah, than the story I mean, or the characters or the plot. The um, the, the makeup on um, on Ron Perlman especially is is really good. So, yeah, it's good, isn't it? And I think, I mean, we were talking a little bit before about, um, especially in last week's film, how difficult it is to act through makeup. I mean, Ron Perlman obviously done it in recent in recent years um, as Hellboy. Um, and he was um, he was in Beauty and the Beast as well. So I think his I whole yes. makeup. I think that's what he looks like when you take his makeup off. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
which is really weird kind of seeing him in those sort of roles and then you see him in real life and you think oh okay so that you know that's what he looks like you know um i, I remember in the 80s he was in that um tv show with linda hamilton beauty and the beast yeah and he's got quite a velvety voice and my mother was really like into his voice and i remember saying to her uh, saying to me one day when it was on but he's ugly after under all that <laughs> I'm thinking, yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think he, I've seen that. I've he's, made seen, a, like... he's made a career of acting through it. No, that's it. But I mean, he can, you know, he can, he can do it. Um, whereas you had somebody like well, the great actor like Ephraim Abraham, like just kind of doing the scenery sort of thing. But he just kind of he, he gets on with it, um, and he manages to he does manage to act, you know, through a mound of latex. Um, yeah, I kind of I quite rate the the makeup in this one and the green. Yeah. <laughs> you rate the green. green. That's the and next. the green. <laughs> it's a nice colour. This is also dull, isn't it? We've had a load of shootouts, and now we've got the Enterprise basically very slowly ramming the Shimitar. Um And at the same time as it's doing that, that's where the effects go a bit Battlestar Galactica, when the Shimitar is like opening out, ready to yeah. fight. That that CG that isn't quite ready, not on this sort of budget. It is better than last week in terms of in terms of the CG that's in it, but they've still their reach still kind of exceeds their grasp here. Yeah, and you have the um, the, the other Romulans turning up to help out. Why why do they help out? Because isn't she isn't she the one who like killed off the the those other Romulans before? Then weren't they on their side? I, I don't I don't get that. Unless I miss something. Because uh, the point no. she, she talks to um, Jude Chickalella's character, the one that's um, yeah. David Palmer's chief of staff, and she yeah. says to him something along the lines of, "He doesn't want to conquer Earth; he wants to wipe it out, and yeah. this will rebound on our childrens and, and the generations that come." And I'm, I'm making up the dialogue there because I can't remember exactly what she said, but the gist is, if there were ever any chance of peace <coughs> or any chance of anything like that. It's one thing to um, conquer. It's another to um, completely eradicate. And so, yeah, she was part of the coup. But then he, Shinzon proves not to be quite what they said he was. So she, she sort of turns helping Picard. Yeah, because the, say... the officer a drink and she requests Romulan ale. I was stunned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, 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 it's a Romulan internal matter. Yeah. It's the only thing they drink. Internal um, politics. She, I'd just love it if she'd have asked for some umbongo. <laughs> really? I'll go on umbongo. Go on, why not? Hooch. It's a big talking point in Romulan society. Where the fuck's the conga? For <laughs> 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 uh, listeners, just, just Google oh, or go to YouTube and type in umbongo advert and that'll explain it all. Or just drink some umbongo. It's very nice. <laughs> I don't think you can, can you still buy it? I don't think you can still get it, can yeah, you? Yeah, I'm actually you can. Can you? Kiora. Yes. Oh, Kiora. Oh, my God. It's like your racist adverts, but very good. I <laughs> thought we were endorsing racism. Umbongo is a brand of juice drinks produced by Samoy and Kapal. does sound like it's still produced. No, oh, okay. No, it's something I remember from my childhood. And obviously you get various kind of snacks and drinks that were around that you didn't make anymore. Do you remember Trio's? Yeah, trio. trio, trio, trio. I saw that I was in the other day and saw like trio for a pound. I was like, <gasps> trio. Are they, are they oh, yeah, we get them occasionally. And um, what's it? They had as well. Um, snaps. You know the uh, the, the 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 weird um, tomato tomato flavor crisps 
with the crocodile. Oh, yeah, the front. they're a bit weird, weren't they? They really taste like tomato, though. No, oh, no, yeah. I wonder if there were ever any stuff. any Star Trek crisps. Because um, well, Space Raiders, had, really. That's only the best. Space I remember, Raiders, yeah. I remember they had, I remember they had Jaws crisps. Oh, I don't remember those. That's quite interesting. Yeah, if, if, if you Google Jaws crisps, it'll show them the, uh, they, 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 they were around the time, I think, of Jaws 2 or Jaws 3. Shameless. Uh, in. Yeah. I think I think again they were spicy tomato. Um, <laughs> the essence of all shit. <laughs> well at least had some bite. Hey! <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well they, they were they were actual like little little jaws. <laughs> well that would make sense if they were fucking like snooker based cufflinks, <laughs> they'd be really badly named, wouldn't they? <laughs> So, anyway, that's how good the action is at the end of this film. Yeah. Chris. Maybe some point they'll, they'll, they'll Fucking up. Um, so, anyway, they just, uh, he backs off and basically rips the front of the Enterprise off. Um, and then Picard beams over there to go Again. crazy eight bonkers with his drilling sex because he's a bit of an action man. Again, Deanna Troy. Um, <laughs> at the helm of the Enterprise when it crashes. Yeah. Um, one, one thing, I, was, I can't remember if it was last week, talking about downloading and about being with the times. That was last week, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that always sticks out to me this is that Picard sends a text message to her. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, it just, it just, it just actually says, like, text message on the screen. Yeah. Um, and that just always made me laugh, at, like, especially the first time I saw it. Yeah. Would have been great if it had been over WAP. <laughs> wow, oh my god, emo- look at that. It through an emoji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he texts her some nudes, she sends back a selfie. When does one Pillman beam on the Enterprise? Has that already happened? I don't know. Just all of a sudden he's having a fight with Ryan. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have a bit of a shootout on the Enterprise, and like they, they do the dumbest thing where like they. They try and pretend like oh, there's a, there's aching rivalry between them to buy, have them stare at each other. But well, because basically they're both first officers. That's about it. Yeah, and then, and 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 then they and but by the time you realise like they'd be staring, like Rack easily could have shot him before he escaped <laughs> down that hatch, and he wouldn't even have to have that stupid fight. It's <laughs> and this is two men in their fifties having a punch up. It's <laughs> really and- bad. And, it, and it's there's no personal stakes. It's just give Riker something to do and deal with that um, yeah that guy. I don't, I don't know what deck they're on, but it's um, obviously very very, the, ha- very high floors, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the deck with the bottomless chasm. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Only ever only ever uh, visited during those episodes. Yeah. And this is really piss poor. So Riker, uh, so. Uh, Shinzon dies after being stabbed by Picard. And that actually, talking about the same writer, it's like the end of Skyfall. Dying with this sort of personal connection and all ending together. We can die together. Yeah, there's a theme emerging here, isn't there, I think? Yeah. Did anyone think, you know, when he's like climbing through, he's, he's like sort of creeping through like that pole, like closer to Picard. Picard could easily just sort of step to Saiga. 
know, just a sort of like he goes and strangles. Like when Pokard just like stepped aside, he would have like. Oh. Or, or I've often wondered what this would be like, and then they just make out. <laughs> just, just find out if you're any good. Thing is, okay, technically, okay. it's not cheating. But isn't that the same thing the uh, the orc does? It's not gay if it's a version of mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, technically, they're kind of really. Um, not isn't, really? that, isn't, isn't that the same thing that Orc does at the end of Lord of the Rings <laughs> when, when Aragorn stabs him? Yes, he does. I thought you meant wank off Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know there are extended cuts, but which fucking version have you seen? I just took a sip of water then. They went right up my nose. <laughs> Did he do that at the end of Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, they made out to see if I, if he was any good. <laughs> they gave him a handjob and said it's not cheating. <laughs> oh dear, they went down the wrong way. So it was so funny. Didn't join the Fellowship of the Ring on that occasion. <laughs> That's the porno version. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a a timely rip off. Then and, and the thing I found it so funny when Data sort of flew over between the two ships. <laughs> that was laugh out loud funny. It's like unintentionally funny. It's like oh. No, that's meant to be like top action. No, no, it's like, oh, I think. And, it's, and again, Geordie again, oh. doing the. Uh, <laughs> being his best mate and helping him out. Yeah. I thought Geordie was his best mate. <laughs> oh, don't, don't open that wound. <laughs> no, don't go down that route, please. Well, if you go go by the films, like, you know, Picard's like. You Picard's know, telling it, everyone it's my best friend, you yeah. know. <laughs> Just behind his back, they're all going to class, <laughs> sad fucker. <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> so he gets there. I, I don't know. Did we see him get onto the craft? No, we don't. Yeah. We just see him yeah, fly over. He just kind of hangs on, doesn't he? He just grabs a little bit of, of, of metal, right? And then, uh, and then finds some like hatch. Oh, fuck yeah. some hat, which is there somehow. Somehow, yeah. It's the same um, the Borg invaded Earth. <laughs> um. And so basically, he gets there and beams Picard back to the with, with a little. Yeah, why do you need transporter rooms and all that if you just need one of those little buttons, um, which yeah, could well, double as a communicator? Yeah, or why, why do you not have? Why not take that with him anyway? If you knew it, well, take so, two. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, set your phaser to overload because that will explode it all. But there you go. No, he just wanted to, I just think, he was so desperate to get out of his contract. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he's like, I, I must die, even though this is the last nope. film. <laughs> like, so. There's a, and there's another one of me available, um, yeah. because I'm so desperate to be in Independence Day 2. <laughs> 13 years later. <laughs> yeah, I'm moon. <laughs> I show my ass on... <laughs> Oh, does he? Yeah. I didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah he literally one. sees his ass. Yeah, literally. Um, it's... Smooth as an android's bottom. Apparently. Smooth as an android's bottom. Oh, I've, I've got a still of that scene as well. I was like, you just... Have you? Was it your wallpaper or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, like, look, looking for, like, sort of images to put on the podcast, and it was just like... And you typed in Brent Spiner's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a picture of them two, like just like looking like of that scene where they're talking about, oh, like, 
Oh, I see. But, yeah, and uh, it's just like they're just pulling the most stupidest faces in the world. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know why Picard didn't have this on him. Anyway, it just seems like the dumbest thing. Movies. Yeah, this is the dumbest thing in the world. But uh, anyway, um, Vince Spiner gives a nice sort of emotional goodbye, uh, and then proceeds to sort of say, "Who's talking to?" But fair yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it was very heartfelt, wasn't it? It was like goodbye, and it's the like, next oh. thing could have been, could have like been Picard looking at photos of Data in his holographic book. Got got need. <laughs> he had one of law. He, 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 he had one of law, and he couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the outside, you know, the kind of decoration was a little bit like hmm, Pokemon cards in the nineties. Yeah. So Data's now dead, and they all stand back <gasps> and like reminisce while getting drunk. Spoiler alert: Data dies. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. It's alright. He's got he's got a new one. It's uh, got a spoiler. Yeah, we've got a new one coming up. Oh, sorry. He's on the bridge, doesn't he? And Geordie has to go. I'll take care of it, Captain. Yeah. Just, just yeah, he, he started crying like for real, like inadvertently, in one of the takes or something. They had to do it again because he got very it's emotional. Script. Yeah, you read the script. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Is it come to this? The um, film just starts with. <laughs> all of them sobbing in every scene. That'd be awesome. And I bet they thought it'd been really clever, like thinking about Rafa going like, "Oh, we start with a wedding and then with a funeral." Kind of. Yeah, they kind of got a circle of life or some shit. Yeah, and they cram in the. Uh... Shouldn't have the, ended the with the joke about, um, was it in, was it in Counter of Farpoint? What's that? The the joke about him. I could never remember that tune. Uh, oh I, yeah, 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 was it yeah that was on the holodeck in Encounter at Farpoint. First time he sees him, he's trying to whistle. Pop, 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 yeah. Previous times. So. Yeah. yeah so as pilots go, it's a bit creaky, but. Yeah. <laughs> nice nod. And Picard's there thinking, you know, just another week or something, and I'm going to see everyone naked. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Thankfully, there was no um, cameo by Laraxana Troy. Oh, God. Oh, really? It would yes. be nice to see uh, Mr. Hom. Yeah. Laraxana Troy was um, de- uh, uh, Troy's mum. And uh, she's a full empath, and she's really over the top. She's played by um, Major Barrett. Um, oh. Also the voice of the computer, although I don't remember yes. hearing the voice in this. But, um, yeah, really, really fucking irritating. She would be at the wedding. In fact, she should have been at the wedding, the Earth one, you know, the, the human one. Yeah. But there you go, one of those things. I'd, if she's going to turn up at one, I'd rather it was the one where they were wearing clothes, to be honest. <laughs> Um, and it just feels very tired I mean the ship is is battered and it all feels on a very down note and it's not been a very good film yeah you get get a heartfelt goodbye to um, uh, Riker there's like a sort of little bit of a twinge you've you've been my friend and all that kind of bollocks yeah (laughs) that's quite emotional And, and now you're going away yeah. Um, I actually preferred the um, the end, the the alternate ending. The alternate ending's funny. 
where they get the new first officer. The new first officer is told by Riker, call him John Luke. He likes that. Yeah, he's very formal. So, so he walks like in and calls him John Luke, and like <laughs> Patrick Stewart's reaction, he immediately realizes he's been pranked. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, uh, the 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 dead, the captain's uh, seatbelt chair gets seatbelts. Yeah, about yeah. that time. Um, yeah, and it's it's quite funny again because because it war paint if you have a little prank. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's, it's actually it's actually a bit more of a little Star Trek moment because you got Worf there saying, "I I told them you would not need any modifications," yeah. um, and it actually feels something approaching Star Trek. And then they say that we're going out and we're going to go and find new life, and then the Enterprise trots off. Whereas in this one, it's like it's still okay, in space it's still in it space ends, it? Data's bloody singing again. Yeah. So data singing isn't that kind of like reference? Maybe he is kind of just like data. Yes, yeah. and they've already they've already dropped sort of dialogue that it takes a while for you know he's assimilating all this data. It's gonna take pun, not pun not intended, and it's gonna take a while to sort but of doesn't yeah. doesn't that contradict doesn't that contradict what data said? earlier in the film to what that is pathways aren't <laughs> as sophisticated as mine yeah and just how like well you know it's not you know we're all different no, no matter no matter what you know we of know, made the same so stuff. it'll have data's personality but it'll just be like a fucking laborer or something <laughs> um yeah because he because he, he starts humming and singing the uh the song from the um the urban berlin song from the wedding the one that he sang really badly. Mm. Yeah. Are you happy to like this? Why do birds? Why do birds? Are you having a general idea? Every time. 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 <laughs> yeah, we when we get to next week's film, um, there is a sort of prequel comic to it that is canon. Now, I choose not to see it as canon simply because there's a point about Into Darkness that makes no fucking sense at all. But having said that, the um, the prequel comic does explain what ends up happening to the crew and so on. So we we'll maybe get into that a little bit later. Yeah, it's um, it again it doesn't make sense compared to this. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's Nemesis for you, folks. <laughs> and that is we hope you enjoyed the original timeline. Done. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, that, yeah, that's the end of the <coughs> timeline. Oh. Next week, IQs drop further, but look how shiny. All the lens flares. Look, lens flares. Oh. Yeah, you need sunglasses to watch the watch these next Let's films. This is so, I mean, just final thoughts from me. This is just really tired. It needed to go away. I've seen worse films. I've seen, I think I've seen worse Star Trek films even just about, but it's it's all very tired. Not a lot of it makes an awful lot of sense. They are starting to look a bit too old. And as I say, you've got Deanna walking around talking like fucking Terry McCann from Minder or something. All right, Deanna. <laughs> bloody dreadful they've forgotten how to play their accents and, and actually marina certis has been the worst thing in virtually all of the films Aww. um and there's the one that's like, i mean i didn't hate her in the show she's just bad in the films this is come on but no hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, happy come on you show 
Yeah, I can still do me Deanna accent. <laughs> He's me It's actually it's quite funny how when you see her in a, like um in in like interviews and stuff. I don't know if it's like her makeup or whatever, but she's never looked anything like she actually looks like Deanna Troy. Like it almost looks like two completely different women. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a wig every time, and she wears um, contact lenses and stuff to darken her eyes. I never oh, yeah. had anything against the character. I mean, I, I genuinely oh, yeah, yeah. thought that the one thing, and I've mentioned it in previous episodes, was the amused Deanna reaction to humour got tired. But that was more of a sort of show format thing than it was about her. It was I, I just think got... in the film, she has got progressively worse. Yeah, and it's like everyone else is doing... Picard is doing the counselling for Data and Data's doing the counselling for Picard mm. and she's progressively she's got little and little else to she do. She doesn't have a lot to do but uh, when they do get her to speak she can't do her own accent anymore Yeah, and, and yeah. She's, she can't do charm because a lot of these films she's got to be a bit playful with Riker and he can do it and she can't um, it, it, it's not very good and frankly if you were going to get someone from the star, a female from the Star Trek films on this show Damn it, I want Donna Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you reckon have been like the highlights or the lowlights of the Next Generation films then? I'm, I'm struggling to think of any, to be honest with you. <laughs> the music. Well, obviously, well, yeah, yeah, the music, definitely. I would say Jerry Goldsmith all the way. Um, some of the hair and makeup has been fantastic, <laughs> even if the visual effects haven't. Um... These podcasts. Patrick Stewart, shiny Patrick Stewart's guns. <laughs> Patrick Stewart doing, doing Mambo. So basically, um, elf guns and dancing. <laughs> and Brent Spiner. <laughs> Brent Spiner, what, I, I think he's pretty good in the films, but what leaves like a nasty taste in my mouth is just they pissed on the character, really. Yeah. It, I mean, out of any of them, this just feels like there was no one in control. So you've got all sorts of even worse contractual obligation um, than you did last time, and the whole Brent Spiner thing and Data dying and all that thing, and the fan writing it so it's exactly like Wrath of Khan and someone who doesn't give two shits about Star Trek coming in to direct it. Rick Berman doesn't seem interested at all in in um, doing anything with the uh, with the legacy of the show, um, and everything is just completely uninspired. Um, and kind of even the action sequences it's just like okay whatever. it's like generic action sequence number 52 yeah, but I, 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 mean, mean, I think by, by this point we do definitely get like you know series fatigue franchise fatigue as we did you know with Bond um, around this sort of time um, it's just, uh, I kind of think we're getting that way of maybe Marvel now perhaps I don't know Marvel fans are like <gasps> sacrilege but there it is um I think the views uh, of Miss Andrews do not reflect the views. <laughs> uh, no, of, of normal people, thank you. Having said that, you talk about franchise fatigue by now. We're, we're at four films in terms of the next generation, and I am really, really struggling. I and just, yet somehow I powered through seven weeks of Roger Moore. <laughs> well done. I, 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 well, well, just, you, you did get talked to possibly <clears> just lose your shit, really. <laughs> He did, yeah, he got developed to pussy and... Oh, well, apart from the alcoholism and self-loathing, <laughs> I thought I handled it quite well. I, th- I think as well, structurally, when you compare it to the original cast, you've got those three, and they're a very strong three. They are. And 
who have you got in? You yeah, got so, Picard so you and check you've got off the... an Uhura. You can't beat them. <laughs> Dream team. Um, Actually, I but, was thinking um, this. You know, in the, the original um, the series, you had like Kirk, Spark, and McCoy. Like the, yeah. the, the, the core three. Who are the core three here? Is it Riker, Data, and Picard? There isn't the core three. That's it. Yeah, there isn't. That's it. Yeah, there isn't. It's like really you've got Data it. and in you've got films, Picard. In the films, it's a core mm-hmm. two. In the TV show, it was Patrick Stewart with a decent ensemble around him. Yeah, it doesn't really translate well to the fil- to the films though. You've lost that kind of core three you know, of sort of characters to p- bounce off each other. Well, yes and no, only because it's got Star Trek in its name. I mean, we don't go straight. If we were doing them the other way around, and we went from this to like James Bond, and we sat watching Doctor No, and you're going, "Who's the core three here then?" Yeah. Well, no, but you, no, <laughs> you, you know what I mean though. In, in terms I, I, of like. You've got obviously, was, you know, built around, you know, the, the sort of. You're right, you know, um, and I think it. I think it. You see what more, I mean? Yeah, I, I do, and I, I think you're kind of right. But having said that, if this crew had a suspiciously familiar core three like the original series, I don't think they'd have got as far as these films. It would probably do more harm than good. I, th- I think that's the thing. Is is there's there's so much difference between the original series and the next generation, sure. And um, especially how long the next generation went on for, and the uh, the development that was built over that. And you can see because of the nature of the original the original series, how those can easily translate into films, into a one and done story, even with Wrath of Khan, such as Spock. Voyage Home, which becomes the, the unofficial trilogy or whatever, um, they're still all pretty well-contained stories that work as films. Whereas here, they can't think of, of any way to be able to do that in a non-TV environment. So you've, you're taking all these people that are used to kind of having all this time over several years and years and years to be able to do stuff every week, and but you're not translating that into the format of a film. So it's just, it, to, to put it at its most basic point, it's trying to put a square peg into a round hole. And it just ends up um, completely. And so so all the, 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 what was the next generation has been squeezed down into something that kind of half resembles it. And because they can't figure out how to do it and the, the type of show the next generation is, all these films, because they're following a certain formula, and a lot of the time it is the Wrath of Khan formula, they just end up being really fucking dumb, which is something that the next generation never was, and kind of almost prided itself as, as being a really kind of smart show in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I think I'll stand by what I said a couple of weeks ago, that with the gap from the series to the films seemingly a lot more thought went into what a movie universe star trek with the original crew could look like now they changed their mind they tried the motion picture they decided that didn't quite give them what they wanted and then they went wrath of calm but you know the crew were very different because years had gone by um you look at the next generation and there's no reason to put them on the big screen other than they finished the tv show to put them on the big screen and that's been that's been so clear from yeah. the first film in their run that the first one is is a TV episode. I kind of like it, but it is first contact is a very badly warmed over rehash of a mixture of Star Trek Four and the best of both worlds. Insurrection. I don't even know why I paid to see that. It's all right, but it's it's just a TV show. And this film is just basically well, none of that hit. Let's make the Wrath of Khan. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just it just feels for the sake of extending the franchise. Yeah, and and then you look at that now and you see that while I don't like Voyager, Voyager and Deep Space Nine never had a chance for any of this because it was all put on the next generation and wasted completely. Yeah, I mean the next generation. I can't imagine a Voyager film working because that's a niche within a niche. Um, no, but... I don't think there's enough fans out there. I know it's got its defenders. There'll be people listening to this who yeah. love it, and you know I'm not going to criticise that. I've got my views on it, and that's fair enough. But there's no doubt that even DS9, I can't see it working on the big screen because Frank. And I'm not talking about critically or artistically. I'm talking of commercially because the oh, next yeah. crew were extremely popular. And frankly, they didn't make massive bank. And so Deep Space Nine, which was nowhere near as popular on the small screen, can't see it. And also it's yeah. got far, it's got themes that you'd, you'd struggle to address in two hours. Well, that's you know, the thing. I mean, I mean the, the yeah. only kind of thought I really have kind of ever had, which is something that I wish maybe seen, was if the Dominion arc would have been able to end on the big screen. Yeah. And if they were able to put in, bring in Picard as well. Yeah. And the Enterprise as well. Not to take away from Cisco as well, because it was definitely his story. But to be able to do that on the on the big screen may have been an interesting thing. But yeah. yeah. But you know, it, at the same time as all this is happening, you read stories about the day to day making of Voyager and, and Enterprise and all the rest of it. And they're just stymied by the Gene Rodden you know, the Gene Broddenbury's vision and not wanting to take any risks. And, you know, nice, safe corporate entertainment. And they've got nothing new to say. So I'm I'm glad they finished, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, the the motion picture is somewhat similar to um, the the Force Awakens in that um, there's just one of the things that, that made that film so popular was the nostalgia factor. In terms, of, in terms of Star Trek, there had been literally the only thing that had been since the original series was the, the animated series. Yeah. So you, you've got 13 years of that going by, and you've got all these people that only have Star Trek books and comics and whatever and, the, and stuff and conventions to go to. Um, and then you suddenly make a Star Trek film, especially one which looks as great as the motion picture did, um, and uh, and again, what what we were saying earlier about it's like it goes from all good things straight to generations, literally the same year. <laughs> and you think about again, go back to how smart all good things is um, as what is ostensibly a feature length film at the for the climax of the series. How smart that that's that episode is how important that episode is and how brilliantly conceived it was i mean this is the kind of thing that i love about such a next generation is seeing q and picard debating about the nature of, of humanity as we see humanity formed in prehistoric times it's just that's mind-blowingly brilliant creative stuff and here you've got fucking assimilate this yeah What's the fucking point? Becca, what is the fucking point? <laughs> shocking. Positively shocking. I did notice, at least in this film, 
they did they did um, enunciate uh, uh, resistance is is a futile correctliness because Tom Hardy said it for it. Said it in the, in the proper English manner, not futile, as data not said. Not futile, futile. Futile. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We got <laughs> yeah. sort of we got thanked for that online, calling that out. And it was an oh yeah, American, I saw that. It was an American listener who just said that he's tried telling his friends about it, and they look at him really <laughs> blankly. And it's like, well, I, I don't understand it why they look at him. Yeah. You can always um, on him. Yeah. So, Becca, what have you made of the four? Um, yeah. <laughs> it starts off well and in earnest and kind of goes down in quality. Um, I don't know, because for me, I, I feel a bit sad because like, Next Generation was kind of my way into to Star Trek, obviously, before I kind of got, in, got into Bond and everything. Um. And I sort of remember, you know, really enjoying the TV series. Um, I still don't think I've seen all the episodes. Um, and then obviously kind of getting into the films, I think, obviously, well, I'm missing this one at the cinema and the previous film as well. Um, but obviously, I think when I saw them when I was around like 11, 12, 13, um, and seeing them again now, um, many years on, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking, you know, do, do I really hold that opinion? Mm, you know, and obviously knowing what I know about, you know, filmmaking process and... Um, and you know, behind the scenes and things like that. It's a little bit. It's it's quite sad to have this section of the film kind of series end how it does. Um, I guess from it's it's interesting from maybe your point of view and maybe from my point of view because me being enough of a nutcase to have the Starship Enterprise tattooed on my arm. Well, um, exactly. You're, you're you're like the you know the, whereas, the super fan. Yeah, whereas you guys are like really much more kind of Bond fans. Um, and kind of looking at the way Bond has kind of evolved, um, and uh, and looking at the, obviously the the different actors and and what have you, and then kind of yeah, because with, with Star Trek it's been such an air of frustration, really since Undiscovered Country. Sure. So you, sure. which was what nineteen ninety one. So it's like yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Twenty-five years. Yeah, long time to wait. Um, and still waiting. <laughs> yeah, well, still waiting. Well, that, that, yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I I liked the our next week film, although it's incredibly dumb at times. Um, but Beyond is really the one that's kind of really shown itself um, to be. The ones that send that has felt the most Star Trek. I think yeah, they kind of need to kind of go back to go back to finding its roots. Um, I mean, that, that kind of says a lot. Like even if like the reboot film is probably one of the least, I'll say the least Trek, these kind of Star Trek films. I don't entirely agree. But not, no, I mean, not, not you know, not not all the time, but sometimes. But it's like it's just, it kind of says something. You know, it's the third film in the reboot series that's as as you say, kind of feels the most Star Trek, as it were. Um, Which they've like the they kind of lucked into, Becca, because they've got they, they've hired that guy because of the Fast franchise. Well, exactly. They yeah. hired him because of the money that makes. So the reasons for hiring him are frankly shit when it's Star Trek. Purely but, financial. But they've lucked into the fact he's an enormous Star Trek fan. Yeah, we get someone like Abrams as well. So obviously, Abrams like a Star Trek fan. Yeah, 
No, Star, Star Wars fan, it sure is. Star Wars, yeah, he's from, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But there's somebody who's got, he's got a kind of sci-fi pedigree, and a geek pedigree. Mm. Even if it's from a different I, franchise. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to think Abrams is just someone who just, like, mimics what he's seen before. Like, yeah. s- even with Super 8, it's like, well... I kind of like Spielberg and like with a bit of Goonies and a bit of Jurassic Park. I'll I'll have a bit of that, please. You know, it's just it's, it's you know it, it, it's very good at it. You know, it's, that it's makes him quite a safe franchise starter because or restarter because he can mimic other styles. Yeah, I think he was actually You'd a like pretty good film. Force Awakens. Uh, no, I don't think he's the right mix of material. I think it would just ramp up the action to eleven, and that just wouldn't suit. And I think I think if the Force Awakens has shown anything, that he needs the right people around him as well. The other thing Certainly. is, yeah, he would write them if it's Orsi and Kurtzman. I don't want them near Bond. No, get their grubby paws off it. Yeah, whereas <laughs> yeah, with, father, you wrote it than Orsi and Kurtzman, Beck. Whereas at least well, the, well. Uh, <laughs> with the Force Awakens, the Edward everyone's Kurtzman guns are out. With All the guns are out and about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I can, well, I, I can put my obsession to bed now, so that's quite good. Yeah, younger cast next week, so no guns, obviously. No, I can, I can swoon over Zachary Quinto and, and Chris Pine. All right. No, no toupees or wigs or bald heads. Well, I guess that Zachary Quinto is definitely wearing a toupee. Particularly oh, obviously. Beyond the obviously. You, look where, you look where the crown of it is. <coughs> way too far forward on his head. Obviously. Well, we all know I'm toupee blind anyway, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Stewart lost his hair after these, you know, Chris. <laughs> Don't say. I thought thought he was wearing a ball cap. Yeah, that's one of a number of fun facts. Becca! So, yeah, obviously, you've kind of got the the R in Trek and the second E in Nemesis that are reversed. Um, Why why did you do that? that Mirror images are very clever. Oh, okay. okay. But no, I just, yeah, I think it's, as I say, as I was saying earlier, it's something that's kind of brought up several times, but it's not fully realised. But, um, yeah, kind of cool credits there. Um, yeah, not fact. so fun. Not so fun <laughs> fact. Um, well, it is a fact because it happened. Um, not so fun fact. Obviously, this is one of Tom Hardy's early kind of breakout roles. Obviously, apart from being Band of Brothers, um, and but arguably it might not be you know the role that made it famous. Um, kind of obviously this film did do so well at the box office, and I think he took took quite a hit by it. Um, went off the rails a little bit, and obviously, um, hold on, I'm just going to find out the name of the film. Bronson. And then he made Bronson and came back and all was well. So, yay. Um, and obviously this was the last film in the Next Generation series, uh, which nearly killed the franchise, as we've discussed, uh, being the lowest grossing yeah. Trek movie. Thankfully, Enterprise will still take a massive dump on it. On uh, yeah, by this stage. Oh, good old Enterprise. Um, fun fact number four, um, Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner both took a huge pay cut to keep the budget under control, um, despite the box office failings. And fun fact number five, um, is it complained about about um, Tom Hardy not being big enough um, to kind of fill this massive villain role? Um, it originally considered for the role um, of Shinzon was Jude Law, so that would have been very interesting as well, another Brit actor. Um, then kind of like nineties kind of those sort of roles as well. I can see so that would have been quite interesting. I, can I see, could. Yeah. 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 It's it would have made the film any really better, but I can see Jude Law doing <coughs> what Tom Hardy did. Yeah. Yeah, I think in terms of like just the the, the physique and the look of of Jude I think it could have. I mean, no, nothing. You know, I I quite rate Tom Hardy's performance in this. Um, 
but yeah, I think I could have. Yeah, Jude well, Law could have brought other things the, to the role. Would that would have been the start of the time when Jude Law was in everything? There was like there was a yes. period Jude Law <laughs> kept being in stuff. Yeah, he was like everywhere in like, the Patrick early two thousands, wasn't he? <laughs> What have you been in? I've seen everything. Yeah, because I guess it's interesting as well when you look at the other films that are around about this time. Um, I mean, yeah, with, with Jude Law, AI, I think, came out the year before. It did. When was like Existence and all that? Was that was kind of around that sort of time? Or was that a bit before? Before that, I think. Yeah, I think it was a couple of years before. Yeah, a couple of years before. Wasn't it? So, yeah. It was a couple of years AI, before. Ripley, all that kind of stuff. But then you also had people like, um... oh God, what's his name? Colin Farrell coming out, kind of like coming out in the mid 2000s, you know, being in everything, in like mid to early 2000s as well. Well, he was bald the next year in Daredevil. <laughs> he was, he really was, with Matt Damon. Oh dear. Anyway, so that's my five fun facts. It was more fun than the film facts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, oh, I, I didn't think it was that bad. Look, it's easily watchable, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, right. it's good fun. I mean, for, for all our meanings. It's but I never fun. put it on, and I don't. I didn't really know why, because I've never hated it, and I still don't, really. But, like, I can see why I didn't put it on. It's got a horrible, ugly colour palette, and it's... Green, very green. It's really kind of sickly to look at, and it doesn't do anything we haven't seen done better before. Yeah. And, I mean, and and it's it, kind of similar to First Contact, where it just doesn't make sense, but it's just all action kind of bit generic stand up to scrutiny yeah and it's good the ending as well it just i guess because of what it represents as well uh, which is it was the at that time it was the ending end of star trek mm. in terms of the, the films so the the ending was kind of just it was very very kind of depressing um i mean i remember seeing it in the cinema and just absolutely hating it um and I kind of made a piece later on and kind of um, wibbled and wobbled on, on how much I actually liked it. But then it's just kind of, kind of, especially with like, when you look at the reboots and things like that, you look at, um, you get to my age as well, and you kind of, you have all these kind of thoughts about, these existential thoughts about the kind of things that you love and how you feel about them. Um, and, uh, Without getting too um, too cod philosophy, um, and and kind of look at these things again. Well, do I really like that? How wide do I like it? Do I like that because it's Star Trek? Do I like it because it's actually good? Um, and that's why I kind of spend a lot of my time just kind of looking at these four films, um, and which certainly get progressively worse, in my opinion. Um, and kind I of, the, I think that's down to just the fact that I think the appetite I, I was was regressing. I don't think anyone was really hungry for, for Star Trek at that time, you know. So they, they've come straight off the TV show without any sort of room to breathe, and it's just like, oh, just, you know, give it a rest, guys. They're not coming with anything fresh and anything new. Nothing's like there's no real like ex- any real reason to actually watch it other than that. De- the diehard Trek fans, you know, there's nothing really enticed new new viewers really. No, uh, it's time for the tra- to the series to take a break, really. Yeah. So, uh, for better for worse, uh, we have oh. a, we have, we have a gap, and we have uh, someone with a, a new take coming. Sorry, Jai, I interrupted you. No, no, no. 
I'm not Spider-Man, I was just done. But, but, you, but you do sound like you're about to sort of like go and do voiceover trailers. <laughs> In a world. be the guy who does the, the um, or what, they, like the, what are they called, the honest trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a run for his money. I do like the idea of this film with everyone sobbing in every sequence. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> crying. <laughs> what, 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 just the fact that has it fucking come to this? Gym. That's just it, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It would be 10, 20% better if it wasn't so green. A, a lot of what puts me off is a colour palette. I think it just yeah. looks Yeah, odd. the green is it, it, it just in. looks ugly. Yeah. Oh, it, well, it's because it's trying to be. This is a dark story, Dave. This is no. The theme is it's a dark. Yeah. Everything's dark here. Got green. Everything's green. <laughs> yeah, and look, Romulans have green blood. They do. Oh, there we are. How about that? How about that? And it's full of Romulan ale, which is illegal, you know, Charlie. They I mean, poor Worf. I mean, he's basically in the films, he's basically just been the butt of a joke, really, most of the time. Poor Wolf, yeah, good old Paul Wolf. Mm. I love the fact that anyone that saves these up and our episodes and like listens to two or three at a time <laughs> probably getting really pissed off now because they're just waiting to get to the Abrams film and they're refusing to sign off. <laughs> Hurry up, <laughs> get just, up with it. Come just on. Bullshitting around this boring bollocks. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a shame that Wolf never got his kind of captaincy because I thought he was even more interesting in Deep Space Nine than he was in uh... wasn't wasn't there like a, a rumour about like a new Star Trek TV series about Captain Wolf? he was yeah. trying to pitch that oh, really? that was being driven by him oh yeah. was it was like, please not, give me work no no I'm not yeah, suggesting there was never any interest but it originated with him yeah that's a shame I don't know well, well, so I'm not ashamed it originated with him but it's a shame that we never it never came anything nothing it's ever more... came of it it's more of a shame to find out that Brian Fuller has, has having nothing to do with Star Trek now. Yeah, Brian no, Fuller. Brian Fuller's out of Star Trek. <laughs> Shock horror. Yeah, but the, the, the kind of it's come out in recent years that he did, in recent he's doing weeks or whatever that he's doing nothing at all. We he's thought he no, was still in the right. He's taking a break. That. Yeah, no, he's just he's just out of it. He's, he's doing rock all. Okay. No, yeah, he's doing another show. Room. Yeah, no, no, he's yeah. doing something else, isn't he? Yeah, because he's doing his American Gods, and I've heard kind of a couple of rumours that Paramount and him had quite a big falling out, over things. Oh dear. But this is CBS. This is CNN. Um, CBS and him had a falling out over certain <laughs> things. He doesn't do very well, does he? No, this is listeners. How much are you waiting for us to talk about the Kelvin and all that shit? <laughs> <laughs> this is infuriating, isn't it? <laughs> well, first of all, where can we be found on social media? Oh, you can find me at Cinematrox on Twitter, and uh, you can find my website cinematrox.co.uk where you can find this podcast, as well as other podcasts I may or may not be doing, but I probably will be doing at some point. Um, God willing, but there you are. You can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Films on Wax on Twitter, and uh, you can go to our website, which is filmsonwax.thedigitalfix.com, uh, and uh, you can ring my sex line, which is 09. <laughs> no, it isn't, Charlie. Charlie, we're ready for this. Charlie, with his current voice, can be found on. Come on, Carl, chat back. <laughs>
bring that number. My Skype li- my Skype line is three ninety nine a minute. So uh, yeah, bargain. I don't know how long I'm gonna have this cold for. So uh, get in there now. Get in there now. <laughs> husky voice. Hello. Tug one out before the weekend's out. And also, don't forget to follow us on <laughs> Charlie has a husky voice dot com. Or... <laughs> I don't have a husky voice. Oh. <laughs> That's one of the pros and cons of being poorly. Yeah. Um, no, if you want to, you can follow me at our view movies on the Twitter. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at expect us to talk on facebook.com slash expect us to talk. Um, also on YouTube at the, under the same moniker, expect us to talk. And we're also, you can drop us an email if you like, please do. We've not had too many from you in a while, apart from, None about, like, I mean, we've only just put the episode out, but none about, like, wanting to bang Sally Field or anything yet. No, shocking. Really surprised me. We thought that was going to be a real talking point. And the moniker is that of a friend's reference. I know, and uh, there's a, you can find us at YouTube under some bird called Monica. <laughs> M-O-N-I-K-E-R, I think. Um, yeah, and obviously, um, yeah, email address. Expect to talk at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, if you're a Nigerian doctor wanting to leave us millions and millions of pounds, then you can jog on. <laughs> we'll just go into our spam. Do you think there are a lot of rich Nigerians out there just going, that's just completely <laughs> fucked up my strategy? <laughs> Hello, dear friend. I would like to give you lots of money. Why does that sound like, Hello, my name is Mr. Burns. First name, I don't <laughs> What's know. What's my first name? I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to do it in a silly voice, but I can't do voices. I thought that was your oh, Nigerian accent. I one of, one of Chris's thousand do. voices must be Nigerian. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. I, would, I wouldn't even want to attempt it, to be honest. No, I can't. Oh, yeah. I was trying to do... Yeah, on my JBR outing today, we were trying to do... Um, <laughs> like, from the from the Compass, that like, kind of early 1999 series... And they would get soaked in um, the water's not enough during like the speedway chase. And I was trying to do an impression like, what was that? And I was like, oh, it was just they're really here. I was like, yeah, I'm terrible at doing voices. But I thought it was quite funny. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. We could go on for a couple of hours, frankly, listeners. None, none of you are none of you are desperate to hear about the JJ Abrams film, surely. Just Simpsons impressions. <laughs> Oh, this is just cruel. What's next? <laughs> this can only mean one thing. Do you expect us to talk? We'll return with Star Trek 2009.